The harsh Georgian winter is cold. The bald moves lineup is high. The Americans, Justified, Better Call Saul, The Walking Dead, and Downton Abbey featuring Tom and Kelly. Lava Hot Podcast pouring into your ear holes like molten tungsten. Podcast so insanely hot, they'll melt your face off. Oh, God. Aaron's stuck in announcer mode again. Please help me. I can't stop. That sounds really painful. My heart is a cherry bomb, and my vocal cords are being shredded like so much frosted weed. I'll go get the Xanax and alpaca tranquilizers. Visit baldmove.com and click on podcast for our complete lineup. Welcome to The Watching Dead, the officially unofficial podcast for The Walking Dead on AMC. I'm Jim. And I'm Aaron. And today we're talking about Season 5, Episode 11, entitled The Distance. Go in the distance, baby. They did. The Walking Dead. They just come up with a cheesy 80s theme song on the shot. All right. Go All right. in the distance. Some acapella. Should I give you a beat? Uh, yeah, they, they go the distance this episode. Yeah, they do. They do. The whole distance. Uh, we kind of talked about you know how we felt about it in the instant cast. Do you want to start with some info on the episode itself yeah it was uh, directed by larissa kondraki i think is how you pronounce it dothraki dothraki yeah yep and uh she has several directing credits to her name including the walking dead the americans better call saul halt and catch fire and kappa they'll never catch me alive kappa and is written by one seth hoffman who also has quite a few credits to his name including multiple episodes of the walking dead house and just a shit ton of prison break I think I might have talked about <laughs> okay. him before. Um, so, and I think it reflects in the episode. I've, as I said in the instant cast, I felt like it's a perfectly serviceable episode. It it did what it needed to do, get us to, from a, a distance of, you know, this this felt like the first episode's truly moved on and turning the corner from the previous season. I felt like this episode was a lot like Rick in the last episode trying to take off in the truck in the woods. <laughs> okay. Spun its tires for quite a while. Okay. And then when it finally took inexplicably off... Inexplicably, too. Completely inexplicably. Uh, and when it finally took off, a bunch of torsos dropped on the hood. Uh, yeah. I, 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 I don't know. That's <laughs> that's how I felt. I felt like That's they a surprisingly really, good analogy for the episode. I'm impressed. They really belabored the point with him not trusting Aaron... Yeah. I get why, I get why, but it took multiple times of convincing him this is the right thing to do. Well, I mean, so that seems like it's a technique to build the tension in the episode, mm-hmm. but weirdly it didn't work. Like, I think there's ways to use that to build t- tension, but it just seemed like, the from our point of view, Aaron was totally a good guy, and every attempt that they used to ca- cast light on that uh, was either annoying, like applesauce, or a head-scratcher, like... Uh, Michonne freaking out about the three questions. Yeah, I didn't really get that either. Well, I mean, it didn't pay off because just when they're like, oh, God, I don't know if that's a good answer or not, they plow into a whole bunch of walkers, and then he proves himself in the ensuing firefight. Sure. So, I mean, it wasn't bad. It just, like, 
I felt like it could have done without some of these parts. Sure. And there were moments in the episode that were really good. Yeah. Uh, especially as we get toward the end of it. No, it was a good episode. I don't want people to think that yeah. uh, I hate this episode. No, it was better than the previous but one. But like many, many episodes of Walking Dead, there was some miss. I felt like missed opportunities. Now, I also think that there was a couple things I didn't understand in the instant cast that actually were relatively straightforward. Mm-hmm. Uh, after I watched it at a time, and I kind of feel dumb, and I'll you know give credit where it's due. Well, we did a live watch. We missed a lot of stuff just yeah. making jokes and things like that. Sure. Uh, so anyway, let's get into the recap. Yeah. Uh, do we want to talk about the uh, no? Club? Okay. <laughs> no, I don't care. Go for it. Uh, just wanted to thank everybody for the all the support on Club Ball Move. Um, you know, we talked about it a lot last week, and I want to belabor all that points uh, on our forums at forums.ballmove.com. We have a thread going on about. Uh, it's called QA for, for Club Bald Move. So if you got any questions or comments, you can put them there. Um, you know, we're, we're adding new features all the time. Uh, Jim just got this nifty little schedule thing. So by the time you read this on the sidebar, you should see like up to... I'm having an elaborate series of heart attacks. I can I'm tell. sorry. Yeah. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> I got words trying to come out of my mouth. I got belches trying to come out of my gut. I just fed you a big spoonful of applesauce, to be it's, fair. It's so. true. I'm a little gassy. Yeah. It's, I'm on the brat. He's on me on the brat diet, and it's just a disaster <laughs> in the studio. I'm brewing brat. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's got roughly the upcoming week scheduled and we're going to keep that going, uh, knock on the studio wood. So you guys can see when the live context content's going and it's all going to be accessible from the front page, like stuff. Yep. That's the cool thing about the live content is even though it's not live, it can still be live to you because it's not like we edit that shit. In fact, it's impossible. You can't edit a YouTube video once it publishes. Sure. You'd have to. Well, you can. No, you got to delete it and re- and post a new one. There's no way to replace the video. That's what people are screaming right now. They're well, okay. You can't replace the video, but Once you it's can. Published. You can chop pieces off of it. Oh, YouTube okay. has an editor. That's, that's true. Well, don't but. tell people that. I didn't know that. <laughs> no one else had to either. God damn you, Jim. <laughs> All, right. All right. So anyway, if you'd like to find out more about that, you can go to club.baldmove.com. Uh, great way to support us and get a lot of cool features. But let's move on. Okay, let's start the recap. Uh, the group's packing up. I don't know where they're going without Maggie and Sasha, but when they return with Aaron, uh, he dumps a whole bunch of info on them, his his story and a bunch of photos, and says, hey, I'm here to help you guys. I'm a good guy. He wants them to come back to his compound, and Rick says no and knocks him the fuck out. Right. You have the nerve to bring us black and white photography. <laughs> knocks him out um when did cold rolled steel become like this cultural phenomenon i first heard the term mm-hmm. in last year's gold game of thrones in description of a mighty gate mm-hmm. and then i saw it on like a toyota commercial about a truck frame and <laughs> in the last three weeks i've heard it mentioned on banshee justified and now the walking dead hmm like is Hollywood that's insular? It's like, oh, that's a really that sounds badass. Cold rolls, gold rolled pretzels. We got to get that in anytime we want a, something sturdy. Something's going to stand up to yeah, a frost it's cold giant. Rolled. It's got to be cold rolled. Don't accept any sure. substitutes. Roll it with heat. You're doing it wrong. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the benefits of cold rolling are. I I don't either. I, I assume it doesn't weaken the structure of the material by heating it up. Yeah, potentially, but I. I don't really know. I don't yeah. I don't know why people continue to use that. Like I as of now, I will only eat cold rolled steel cut oats. Sure. For oatmeal. Sure. Nothing nothing. And it's else. gotta be Youngston steel too. <laughs> Youngston steel. There's sure. no yeah. other except no ups, uh, substitutes. Alexandria steel. 
Uh, Rick, socking this guy. Justified? It's just no, another case of police brutality. It's, I mean, he doesn't say anything that warrants getting knocked out. But at the same time, I understand why Rick does it. It's just like, shut up. Shut up, dude. I've heard this so many times. I've heard this from the governor. I've heard this from Gareth. Honestly, this is kind of a new pitch. This is like, you know, the photos, and he's got like a little show and tell. I mean, it's an elaborate... This is not the governor. This is not Gareth, I don't think. Yeah, but it could almost be even more insidious, right? Like, we've been watching you. Ah, uh, true. And we've got photos of your family. And true, true. And we know All this who weird you are shit, and, yeah. and we're listening to you later on. Like, yeah. Yeah, I, I think it's not unwarranted. Mm-hmm. Did you think it's interesting uh, moving into the next scene if you're ready to do No, that? I'm not. Okay. I'm not. I want to talk about the very opening scene where everybody is just sitting. Mm-hmm. like just sitting in silence. And that is kind of what they do now, right? Like nobody talks, nobody has, it, Doodlebug's gone, nobody's sitting around the fire singing or it's laughing. True. This is just a somber, solemn group now. Yeah, like Ty, Tyrese and Bob are gum flappers, always wanting they to talk were. about people being happy and better places and the types of people we want to be. All those guys are gone. It's now all the, <laughs> yep. the grim motherfuckers. And it, it, you know, it ties into what, what, uh, what's his face was saying about how those people just don't survive. Yeah, no, world. I mean that's the something we've we've been t- we've been asking the Walking Dead to like, uh, survivors going forward should be hard asses. They and this are. Is the, that's the unexpected, unintended consequences. You just got a group of hard asses sitting around glaring at each other. Not not the most uh, entertaining of companions. Definitely. Uh. Okay, let's let's ignore the fact that Judith is not screaming her head off for being hungry. She's too and weak. Move on to the new to the next scene. Uh, Aaron wakes up from the knockout punch. He tries to convince Rick to believe him with some honesty. He tells him, uh, "Look, there's one other guy out there. I know that's not going to convince you, but he's got a vehicle big enough for all of us." Um, Rick still doesn't trust him, but the rest of the group can kind of convinces him to at least investigate it, and he sends out a group of badasses. Yeah, seems like he sends out everyone. Honestly, <laughs> like, well, he I kept, know he doesn't send out like Tara. Dar- I mean, and... he kept Daryl in reserve. That's like that's true. That's, that's true. That's pretty. He's worth yeah. worth three of the other guys. You're right. I mean, maybe not Michonne. He's worth three Glens. Michonne's roughly equivalent to a Daryl. Yeah. Um, you know, especially if you're talking like melee versus ranged attack. But although she doesn't carry a gun, later on they're like, "Oh, nobody's gonna mess with us and our guns." Michonne's over there like, "What about me? I've yeah. got a sword." Yeah. I have no gun. So yeah, I, she needs a she needs a gun. Maybe she does. I I can't, I can't remember if she keeps one tucked in her waist or not. She did not have one on her in that scene. She's that's standard Dungeons and Dragons party. You got your ranged. It's true. You got to have your Who's melee. The attackers. wizard. Uh, Glenn. Glenn's definitely Glenn's wizard. wizard. Okay. Uh, so a couple things. Um, I thought it was interesting the the makeup of the group here is Michonne and Maggie. And is is broadly pro believing Aaron. Uh-huh. Sasha seemed to be kind of on the fence. You're right. Even though she was one of the ones that discovered him, Glenn surprisingly I thought was fairly anti uh, Aaron. Uh, Carol is anti Aaron. Rick obviously is anti Aaron. Uh-huh. Daryl seemed to be kind of more of a aligned with Sasha, and I didn't get a good read on anybody else. Yeah, I think Daryl is mostly going to do what Rick says. Uh, he'll every once in a while back up somebody else's plan if he thinks it's better, like Tyrese last 
last season. I like how Father Gabriel just kept his fucking mouth shut through this whole exchange. Like, he got told. Yeah. yeah. He got cold told. I, I he would... got cold told steel by Maggie <laughs> last last episode. He did. I See, I would think that the miracle would just make him intolerable. You'd think. Yeah. Like, I, I oh, kinda... Jesus is going to see us through. He sent Aaron as a sign. Yeah. Let's go follow him and yeah. just... We already have Moses in our group. Now here's Aaron. We just got mm-hmm. delivered by a whirlwind. Come on. Come yep. on. Have you have you people read the Bible? <laughs> well, there are no black people in the Bible, so <laughs> not don't think that's true. There's the Ethiopian eunuch. <laughs> oh, yeah, he's a major player. He is totally, man. Totally. He's one of the first Gentiles that got converted. All right. <laughs> and not not by having his balls chopped off. That's not the conversion I'm talking about. Hey, mm. speaking of nothing that I've been speaking of before. I'm not sure I agree with Aaron's psychology. Uh, The whole, like, you've got a paranoid group of hardcore survivors, which I assume you've dealt with Mm -hmm. before. Is it, in his experience, the best way to deal with these paranoid people to basically tease them, like, I could be lying to you. Everything I could say could be a lie. There's no reason you could believe me. There's nothing I could say that could possibly bridge this gulf of trust. Yuck, yuck. I mean, come on, dude. Why is he getting so fucking cute? Does it really matter? I don't know. I mean, I could have one guy out there or a hundred. He he's trying to say that he understands their attitude, and I I don't fault him too much for that. I think is that something you say it's to not an unstable paranoid way. person? No, probably not. Like if someone's got PTSD, do you do you support them by sneaking up behind them and like saying sure. bang, you know, screaming bang or boo or whatever? Like you try to make them as comfortable as possible. Yeah, I don't know. Rick doesn't strike me as a guy who is on the edge, though. Yeah, on the I just, brink of losing it at any time. Uh, Aaron just seems like he is a little bit more defiant and mouthy than I would expect a man. Yeah, his, his karaoke position. night comment when he walks in. Come on, well, that was fine because he ain't got sucked in, socked in the mouth yet. But as soon as they sock him and sure. handcuff him and time to a pole, it's like maybe you should just do what the crazy bearded guy says. Yeah. Maybe sure, it worked out for Saul. uh anyway imagine if you pulled that shit with tuco (laughs) done you're done son yep (laughs) that's not giving respect (laughs) no not at all uh they're walking down the road the group that rick sent out and which is abraham glenn rosita michonne and maggie the fab the fab is that all of them yep the fab five is like to call them yeah he's picking his like all-star vip team here uh or, or I guess maybe the dunces of the group to send them off to a yeah. I think you a got a foolhardy mix. mission. Yeah, you got you Abraham do. and Michonne for sure. Mm-hmm. Glenn and Maggie. Okay, Rosita. She hasn't shown me anything yet. Not really. No. Other than like ninety percent of her flesh, which <laughs> kind of impractical in the zombie apocalypse, but whatever. Sure. Uh, they're talking about whether this might be a trap, and some guy we see is watching them from the field, mm. who obviously must be the guy that Aaron is talking about. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we go back to Aaron and Rick. Um, He's, Aaron's trying to convince Rick to feed Judas some applesauce, but instead Rick makes him eat it. I this scene, man, it's ridiculous. This scene is re- just ridiculous. And, and honestly, his incredulity at Rick's suspicion is the most suspicious thing. Yes, like when you bring a food, some and someone says you need to taste it first. That's just one hundred and one standard operating procedure. I mean, yeah, it's a tr- it's not, and it's not. It's, and then to try to talk yourself out of having to taste the applesauce. Okay, I get it. You're scarred by the mention of applesauce. But do you realize the situation you're in? 
You need to eat that applesauce. I don't care how much it burns your I soul. I just don't get the backstory of um, a mother forcing you to eat onions, salmon cakes, and applesauce salmon to cakes, be manly. Yeah. Well, yeah, Are sure. those foods intrinsically manly, or is the act of eating things you don't like manly? I don't subscribe to either of those notions of masculinity. <laughs> what the fuck, Aaron's mom? I think she's like, she's thinking, man, this kid is growing up to be a monster. Everything he likes must be bad, so let's make him do the opposite. Right. Like, no. that. that's her, what's in her head. Like, I, I knew a person that uh, their older brother played this prank where every time they give him a glass of milk, they'd, they'd mix ketchup into it. Oh, Ugh. Uh, so like, and, 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 and so you drink it and the ketchup sitting at the bottom. And when you go to the last dregs, it all slide in your mouth. And like day to this day, like ketchup would make them gag. <laughs> However, in this situation, I'm sure if I asked that person to eat with a gun to their head to eat ketchup, they, they would, would fucking it. eat the ketchup. They probably eat like, it You happily. can't get more childhood traumatic than that, man. <laughs> sure. I, yeah, the, the scene is ridiculous. Um, and just like this is where I start to feel like, okay, this is going on too long. Mm-hmm. Like this, we get it, we get it. You don't trust the guy, but but why is the guy acting so weird and shifty? Like that's a hard explanation to buy. Sure. <laughs> so, uh, do you think it contributes later when he see he goes in and he sees? Oh, okay. In fact, his story is probably true, given that he's in there with his lover or whatever he is. Uh, Maybe that, like, he connects the dots and says, okay, he was telling me the truth on that. About what? Maybe he's... Telling the truth about what? About his traumatic past. To make him more manly, all that stuff. I, I and then, still and then he's And then he softens on the idea of going no, to his camp. No, I don't think it has anything to do with the applesauce flashback, because I... Mm, okay. Like, I don't know. I do. I, I just I still feel like you eat the damn applesauce. Like, Oh, no, you're totally right. But you don't even go into the explanation of why you don't like it. It's you just, yes. just do it. But then again, I've never. I guess I don't have a food trauma. Until Rick didn't realize that when he fed him this manly applesauce, he's going to bust out of the ropes it's like, like Popeye. Popeye. Sure. Yeah. This sure. was his spinach. Uh, sure. Applesauce and all in. It's like uh, sure uh, steroids. Yep. And amphetamines all come combined. <laughs> PCP. Uh, all right. So they find an RV. They kill a couple of walkers and they find. Abraham's favorite food in the RV. SpaghettiOs, Beanie Weenie Edition. Yeah, Skeddy Rings. It's mm-hmm. uh, it's Gorbelli. It's the same company sure. that was on the truck last season where Tara was staying. It's the Chef Boyardee knockoff. I'm sure she'll be happy to find those as Sure. Well. Or uh, maybe not. She's she ate probably them for got two her fill. Years. Like, yeah. If you if you tied up Tara to and a beefaroni uh, to a to a, a barn pole and made her eat beefaroni, maybe she's like, <laughs> nah, nah, I can't do it. But uh-huh. Um, just because she's you know two years of eating that and the beefaroni shits, that's not <laughs> I I that's traumatizing. Sure, sure, that especially when there's no plumbing. Uh, can I ask you a question? Yeah. Uh, who? First of all, we skipped kind of an interesting action sequence in which Abraham went to do some kung fu move on a zombie. Yeah, and peeled its arm clean off. Why is he doing Are kung they get, fu? They're getting a little too cute, right? Why is he doing jujitsu on a zombie? I think like the bridge opened his eyes to the possibility of zombie food, <laughs> and now yes. it's like that's that's he's he's got a new tool and and mm-hmm. you know he's got a new hammer and the whole world looks like a nail. It's like he's just going to be doing he's that. He's going to tie the bandana with the rising sun mm-hmm. around his head mm-hmm. and stand in crane position. It's just all crane kicks and <laughs> and gee throws from here 
from here to the end of time. Wouldn't that be great to see Abraham go like full on karate kid? <laughs> sure. Um, <laughs> uh, I, although I see him in a Cobra Kai uniform. Yes. Yeah, definitely. Uh, can Can we talk about Rex? The dog. What I assume is their dog. Why yeah. do you assume Rex is a dog? Because his name is Rex? I don't I have know. have an Uncle Rex. He is not a dog. You have an Uncle Rex? I do. I do. I just assume Rex is a dog's name. Hmm. Well, there you go. <laughs> Maybe everyone <laughs> I, I don't assumes know why. Rex is a dog. Cause I, but the, the way he talked about it, like I felt like we were supposed to know who Rex was. Because no. of the world building, it's kind of ambiguous. Because, yeah, I could see that. But, like, he's like, I don't know. The way... How would a dog eat cans of beefaroni? Like, Abraham... Who's eating... Okay, what man is eating four cans of beefaroni to start with? Well, but here's the thing. <laughs> Abraham's acting in, like, an accusatory, like, that asshole Rex was de- was was going through that beefaroni because he knew if he didn't, I'd get to it. But dogs can't open cans. <laughs> no, that's not what he says. What did he say? He He said... He said that he ate four. He tried to eat four cans of beefaroni, uh-huh. and if he had, he would have gotten to him. What does that mean? Like, not he needs to eat it before he gets to it. But if he eats it, I'm going to punish him in some way. But but he's a dog. How is he opening cans of beefaroni? That's my whole question. Like, maybe, Abra- maybe if Abraham's opening him and feeding the dog beefaroni, <laughs> then shame yeah, the on dog- Abraham. It's not the dog's fault. So it's like I feel sure. like the Abraham's or the Rex is a dude. They had a beefaroni competition. I think it's a dog. I I think the listeners should weigh in on this one. The, the, Rex. the Rex controversy, human or dog? Biggest plot hole in The Walking Dead, honestly. You know, so if you far, can't even yeah. tell if a character is a canine or human, what are we doing? Sure. <laughs> uh, all right. The group. Finally... Whoa, 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 whoa. whoa. Um, RV. Let's talk about the RV a little. Yeah. A couple things. Yeah, it's like slow down here, Speedy. Uh, first of all, that's I. I kind of say I want to say that this is exactly the same RV as Dale's. I don't know. I did. I did look a it visual up. comparison to a couple episodes in season two, and it looks very similar. Okay. I don't know if it's the identical RV, but it wouldn't surprise me. If it's the same model. Uh, secondly, the conversation they had with Rosita, where she he says, "Did you think I was going to hurt you back there with Eugene?" Mm-hmm. She says, "No." I don't feel like she's being honest because I remember watching that scene. And she yeah. was putting a brave face on it, but I think everyone was afraid of that happening. Yeah, I think everyone in that group was afraid that Abraham had just lost it and was going to go psycho. I mean, he did on one person. So is Abraham delusional about his own capacity for violence? Uh, are, the, are the writers forgetful of what actually is happening? Is Are we supposed <laughs> to take this as Rosita being conciliatory? It is certainly a possibility that the writers just forgot what happened a few episodes ago. Uh, because that, I think they did that in another yeah we'll talk another about place this episode, but I think it's a little bit of of kind of both. Like Rosita is kind of now in this moment forgetting how scared she was or when is, that happened, is, and also like maybe saying I don't want to kind of bring this conversation up. Yeah, which makes me that's the thing that I think is fucked up. Like she is afraid of him, and she's afraid that if she talks about being afraid, he'll go off flying off the handle. That's yeah. That's kind of the vibe I got. A little bit, and and, um, I think it's kind of the writer's uh, fault. But I kind of see after that episode, I see Abraham as a kind of rageaholic. That that he gets to a point where he doesn't really have control over his actions. He gets so angry and so frustrated or whatever. So I kind of see him as a potential abuser. (laughs) I'm on edge with this guy. Yeah, I'm with you, and I I don't think that's what they intended because the tone here is very jokey 
the the tone of Abraham seems to be one of a guy who cares pretty deeply about his group. I mean, That's what's smacking water out of Eugene's hand. No, and... dudes that hit women in between the incidents of hitting women, they that's how they act. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> I mean that's I how know. that that's how that psychology works. It's it's I don't know. It's very dark. I, hmm. I find this a very dark depiction of this couple. But you don't think it's something that they're doing on purpose. It's more of just I like don't know. mistaken I... The show oppre- impresses me enough that I would could see them going for some angle. It's going to pay off later, but on the other hand, they also let me down. So, sure, I don't know. Not that I would be let down if Rosita never gets punched by Abraham. <laughs> I'm hoping for that possibility. <laughs> just, for, just wow. for all the Aaron hates babies people. Out Do there. you think who takes the better punch? Who takes the punch oh better, God. Eugene or Rosita? <laughs> it's Rosita, right? Eugene did not take the punch well. Um. So I feel like Eugene's head's like Homer Simpson. It's just a it's just a solid <laughs> block of baloney, and that so that's he was playing punch. possum to keep Abraham from beating him more, <laughs> giving and, him a and, lot and of credit. And he he stayed out there in the tarmac until he was a, he was positive and mm-hmm. positive that Abraham had gotten his rage boner gone, and then then he started because he's fine. Yeah, he's fine. He's not a person with like a stage three concussion. Although he hasn't said much, <laughs> I mean, he might just be trying to sort things out. It might just be a hazy fog. Okay, going on in Eugene's head right now. Just, yeah, I'll, I'll just like from his POV, it's just all yeah, and halos and auras and yep. okay, I can buy that. All right, uh, the group finally convinces Rick to take them to Aaron's compound um, well, after they come back with the RV. What do you think of Rick's? Uh, th- this is our food. What do you think? Like steak? it was a little weird that he says it twice. It's weak. like weak, right? Weak sauce. I don't know what you mean. Like weak? Is it weak writing? Is it a weak move on the characters' part? Yes. Like yes. Like this. This is our food. It just seems like if it's your food, why the big announcement to the one person? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't know what purpose that served. It's just showing. It's I guess. I feel like the show wanted to get the idea that Rick is going way over the top being a dick and distrustful this guy. Uh-huh. But to me, it came across as um, kind of pointless and unnecessary. Yeah. Like, I was all for Rick being suspicious of this guy, but it feels like some of the stuff he did was just beside the point. Like, for example, this food claiming, mm-hmm. you know... Uh, if this guy's not on the up and up and he's given like uh, what circumstances this become important later on? Like, you know, at what point does he like, like, let's say that everything is cool. Mm-hmm. They get to Alexander and everything's cool and there's kids playing and it's a utopia. Is Rick going to still keep this hard? This food is ours line. This Probably. RV's line. Yep. And he's on the other hand, food. if this was an ambush, like terminus style, I can't imagine him being in the you know boxcar A, be like, hey, that food. I, I I demand the return of our food. Like, <laughs> sure. that's what I mean. It's weak. It's just stupid. Yeah, there's no reason to proclaim that it's his food, yeah. unless unless two episodes from now Abraham proclaims that the Getty rings are his. I don't know. <laughs> that might happen. Anyway, yeah. Uh, there's some some interesting stuff in here. Uh, for, first of all, let me finish up this scene here. Rick decides they're they're going to take a different route to the compound because Aaron says, you know, let's take the 16. He says, we're going to take the 23. Mm-hmm. Uh, he also tells Michonne that he's not sure he'll go inside or what could make him go inside, but he'll see. When and Aaron doesn't think that's a great idea because they've taken great pains to clear Route 16. Yeah. Uh, route 23 could be some shithole. Who knows? 
Sure. It could be obstructed. Can't even mm -hmm. get through. Yeah. Um, I, I think that's fair. Yeah. No, a lot of people, I, I said some feedback, and now that you said that, I'll go ahead and talk about it now. Okay. Some people like, how can they guarantee there's no zombies in road? I didn't take it as that kind of clearing. No. It's like the random car, car piles up that, that always diverts and slows the group down. Yeah. Having that be cr uh, clear on a major thoroughfare would be pretty handy. Oh yeah, and and once you do it, you don't have to ever do it again. And mm -hmm. then I don't, I don't think it's hard to believe that you could patrol a section of highway for zombies and keep it relatively clear. Sure, like they had some exclusion zone around Woodbury. I think that if you had a dedicated, that kind of, if that's true, that kind of gives us an idea of what kind of power. I think we're supposed to get the kind of power that Alexander is able to project. That they have skirmishers and scouts, fifty, sixty plus miles well-equipped to watch strangers. Like, that's how safe this fucking place is. Supposedly. Draw a circle 60 miles around it, and you're not going to be able to approach it without detection. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, if that's in fact true. I guess we don't really know It could just yet. be convenient to the plot. Sure. But I, that's how I'm taking it. Okay. Um, I don't... I don't know what else I want to say about this. I, I don't know. The the scene where he's talking with Michonne is pretty good. I mean, he's he's mentioning Woodbury and Terminus and how... You know, you go up there, you hear nothing, and then yeah, you find out later, oh my God, this is a horrible place kind to of be. unspeakable horrors. That's a, yeah. a solid point, because you don't, unless you were there on Butcher Day at Term Terminus and knew where to look, you would not see any of that stuff. And this, I think you would have to agree. If you deny this, I'm going to make you eat applesauce. Uh, <laughs> this has got to be the tie-in to the children, the sound of children at the end of this. What does he hear when he goes up to the gates? Well, he hears children. That is his sign telling him this is a safe place. Although, what are they saying? Psychopaths can have children too? They're saying that Michonne heard nothing at these horrible places. I guess that's probably true. Psychopaths can't have children. I mean, they could, but the children <laughs> are not going to be laughing and playing and having a good time. Yeah, they're going to be in the closet chained like that's up some, as a walker. That's some, uh, uh, what, what's that, uh, the Wicker Man shit. Like you have to have like a whole countrywide cult of death celebration on an for, island. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the kind of stuff that just only happens in weird alternate fiction universes. Sure. Which, of course, Walking Dead is one. So I don't even know what point I'm trying to make. <laughs> uh, so they they take off. I so this was the second time that the group convinced him, right? Mm -hmm. Like first time they convinced him to send a scouting party out to find the Which other is fine, guy. Sure, fine. Second time they convinced him to go there. This is not the last time they try to convince him in this episode, I, though. That, I don't have a problem with that, though. The, like, the rule of threes? No, the, just the fact that Rick is... This is a hard sell for him. It is. I mean, he's is. coming right off of Woodbury. But he's sold. Right here, he's sold to at least go to the gates and check so it to out. To go to the gates and check it out. But he reserves the right. Like, he even... I thought it was realistic. It's like, I don't really know mm -hmm. what they could say or I could see or hear from the outside to convince me to take my family in there. That seems a reasonable proposition. Fine. But, but, you're, but they're but going. You hear the group that you're right. It's We have to take the risk. Yeah. Uh, so they, they head over there. During the drive, they discover uh, Aaron's license plate collection, which apparently he has Alaska and Hawaii already. No, he's working on it. I, I don't think he had the 50 states. He has 49 of them. What? The last one he needed was the one that Eric no, gives to him. Oh, fuck. No. They say that. Nuh-uh. They say that. Yes. They did not. Yes, they do. They yes, said they 49, and that was the he last one. He has all one. of them. That, that was the last one they needed. First of all, there wasn't 49 fucking license plates in that glove compartment. Fuck you're, off. You're right. Number one. Number two, 
He got a Hawaii license plate. Yes. For real. Yep. Really? <laughs> hey, man. On, at, I didn't on the write East the... fucking coast. Mm-hmm. I didn't write like, the episode. Maybe Port of Los Angeles has a couple of those things rattling around. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> they seriously said 49 states. They did. It's the last I watched one. This episode it's the last twice. one you needed. Yeah. Wow. I believe you. I believe you, but that <laughs> right. is incredible. All right. Wow. Uh, and they also find his picture stash. Uh, uh, speaking of like, well, since we're in the middle of tearing this episode a new one, I'm gonna keep the, I'm gonna keep the good times going. All right. Uh, after the three questions, uh, yes. Uh, Rick apparently just realizes he was sitting on an enormous fucking dish mic <laughs> whoa what's this yeah it's like i've been oh it's like oh you you know it's like what has this been rattling around in my feet for the last three hours uh-huh. and he pulls it out like jacques Hughes, what the hell i'm also not sure why glenn is so disturbed by that he has he's he knew- been following them for months yeah potentially yeah uh and just reveal that information the fact that he was listening to them who cares yeah no i mean yeah, I just didn't get it, man. Again, there's all these attempts to try to cast aspersions on Aaron, but it just nothing seemed consistent or particularly well thought out. Like Michonne, yeah. like, oh, where are the people in the photographs? That's all. Okay, great. Now you got to answer three questions. That's an interesting question. Like, how do you take photographs of a town without having any people in them? Right. That's tough. That was good. But yeah. then she launched into the three questions, which. She gets interrupted. She gets interrupted, but I felt like he kind of bombed them. Again, he was weirdly like, why are you asking me this question? I thought we were friends. See, I didn't think so. I no. thought his answers were totally plausible and, and straightforward. I think it's, you're right, but the, the way he did it, the whole like, why are you asking me? Or what, what, what? Like, you know, the whole uh, uh, say what one more goddamn time <laughs> is, you know, do you, sure. what's no language I've ever heard of. Mm-hmm. Uh, I Yeah, I don't know. It, they speak English and what? It's that and the da- the dish mic and all that stuff is just a how about, crazy. How about Glenn just gunning it when he runs into a pack of walkers? Yeah. Like the blood covering his windshield. It's de- His windshield's destroyed and cracked. He can't see a goddamn thing, and he is full throttle. I didn't have a problem with that. On a narrow road with a narrow tree-lined road. So This man just guns it with no visibility. So I guess you'd have to you'd have to outweigh you'd have to weigh whether it's wise to stop in the middle of a herd of walkers in a car versus the you and so you got almost a certain risk of death it seems to me there or okay. uh going plowing for if if he knew that road was straight uh just going ahead and plowed forward until you get out of that herd close your eyes it seems like the and best and try and drive in a straight line I, I know it's hard. Mythbusters did it. It's fucking impossible. Sure. Yeah, you're right. Without a lot of practice. Uh, it, although it seems like the smartest thing to do would just be to stop when you see the herd in your headlights. <laughs> well, I could buy that it'd be dark enough that maybe you don't see them. So, but in the zombie apocalypse, know. when you're driving at night, do you tr- do you cruise like 100 miles an hour just because you can? Or mm. do you go like 20, 30 miles an hour? Because of a the good extreme risk of something like this happening and the consequences. That so, is a good question. Somebody emailed this in, but it's, they said, it's like, why is it that everyone in the zombie apocalypse drives like maniacs at night? Mm-hmm. Like, maybe during the daytime and in, in, in good visibility, you autobahn it up. Yeah. But, you know, even going normal highway speeds in these back roads in a zombie-infested woods seems ill-advised. Sure. Sure. But if they didn't do stupid stuff like this, you wouldn't have your set pieces. Yeah. 
I don't know. I'd pr- I'd probably take it at like a cool forty at night, and then just gun it during the day. <laughs> just find run that thing to red line. Yep. Why why find baby charger, equipment? You know, find a charger, set off the alarm, and drive it down the road, <laughs> honking the horn. Uh, all right. So the RV completely disappears behind them. Sure. I don't know what happened to that thing. That thing handles like a Tron light cycle. It can just <laughs> pew, 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 and it's going 180 degrees other direction. Yep. Uh, G-forces be damned. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know where the RV got off to in such a hurry. Um, but they see a flare go up, and they head toward it through the woods and through the walkers. And it, it's a pretty spectacular scene as they go through the woods there. Yeah. I really liked it. And I like the fact that I was actually nervous here when Aaron yeah. started freaking out the flare. I was like, "Wow, uh-huh. um, what are we going like? Is is this flare like bad news? This is there like some kind of flare gang that we don't know about?" Um, Turns out he's just like, "Oh God, uh, he knows that's trouble. his boyfriend, yeah, and yeah. he's freaking out." Like, yeah. it's, it's totally understandable. But I think it's interesting that uh, it works kind of both ways. Sure, uh, zombie kill of the week goes to Rick with the flare gun. Yeah. That's a hell of a kill. Yeah. Uh, it's not completely original, and it would have been way more awesome had I not seen it before in Survival of the Dead. But... Just before the last last season of Walking, Watching Dead, because we did do those, um, and it just by random luck, I drew the doing the Survival of the Dead with you. But yeah, it would have been a million times cooler had we not seen that in a Romero film before. Yeah. Although, you're a zombie fan. Don't you think that's kind of cooler to see Nicotero oh, checking off totally an homage. homages? Yeah. Uh, but you like the original stuff before. better. Yeah, it's not as cool. It's more of just like a, yeah, yeah, I get it. You're a fan of zombie movies, hmm. which is cool in its own right, but not just pure, like, visceral, whoa, that was awesome. Yeah. Okay. It, it, that is diminished in favor of the homage stuff. Okay. But it, I like seeing it, anyway. Uh, Glenn has a pretty good kill when he's smashing the walker's head on the rock, but sorry. Sure. And he had a lot of good kills with the Cadillac of Doom. (laughs) That thing was pretty cool. Um, I actually, so I kind of was confused about, and and also simultaneously gave the group more credit than they deserve, um, because I didn't understand how they all ended up in the same place. So Rick had the flare gun. When the flare went up and the RV had done its light cycle routine and, and hightailed it on the other side of the, ro- the road, mm-hmm. um, the RV saw it and assumed it was Rick. Yep. And then they converged on that spot to come running. And Rick and company saw the uh, uh, the flare and realized that's what the group would do. Yeah. So they're like, oh, God, if this is a trap, then we need to you know be there to save the day. So Pretty slick. It is, it, yeah, it's a pretty pretty tight, efficient little plot engine that I completely missed. So yeah. No, I need a culpa on that one. I like that a lot. Uh, they all end up back on Route 16, head toward the water tower where they meet up with the rest of the group. Uh, Aaron's reunited with Rick, or with Eric. <laughs> Aaron and Eric. Uh-huh. Uh, in a in a spectacular fashion that has the internet in a fucking uproar. Yeah, there's a I lot of a lot of uh, do not people, understand this. A lot of people uh, uncomfortable with with two dudes kissing. Um, I I just want I want to replace one of their heads with Glenn, one of their heads with Maggie, and just let that scene play out. Nobody bats a fucking eye. Uh, okay, Joker. Um, so I. I get it. It's Joker. weird. Like I feel like whenever I see two dudes kissing, it's a little weird for me. All right. Um, but if I saw a man riding a zebra down the street, <laughs> it would be weird too. Uh-huh. It's nothing wrong with it. It's just I'm not used to seeing it. Like to this day, yeah, I can probably count on one hand the amount of times I've seen a dude kiss another dude. Sure. 
Um, so I get it. Like it can be weird and uncomfortable. What I don't understand is the reaction of like, Oh my God, it's so unnecessary or blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but yeah, to say it's gratuitous is silly. It's certainly not gratuitous. No. Or it as I said, on Facebook, it, it's gratuitous in exactly the same way that Kirk and Uhura kissing on Star Trek was back in 68. Yeah. Like it, it says it's more of a gut check for how you feel about certain, you know, societal values than it is anything about the creator. Sure. So um, I actually thought um, when I was first watching, I thought these characters were really sweet and they had good chemistry. They do. Yeah. And I thought that like, you know, that it's been a long time since we've seen like a loving couple on the walking dead. Like I don't <laughs> classify Glenn and Maggie's grim fandango like as cute or sweet at all i thought they were in like season four like at some no. point in season four they were cute like was the last they time they were cute in early season three when they were having sex up in the guard tower instead of watching over everybody in the prison and stuff like that but i i think there was some good stuff with them even once people started getting sick in the prison yeah and glenn was sick i like it wasn't necessarily like super cute but you could cute. tell that they were a loving it was couple a little, they, they moved they cared about each other they went from cute to old mary coupled really they, really fast they did you're right so prison will do that to you i even like their <laughs> i even thought they were funny with the whole uh he hands him the license plate i didn't know it was the whole 49 states that's the last one he needed off. yeah but he's like oh you lost the license plates and eric's like i lost the whole car i thought that was actually pretty funny too yeah <laughs> good stuff uh aaron promises to repay them for saving eric and suggests that they hit the road in the morning rick agrees but he wants aaron and eric to sleep apart uh you're sleeping over there did you see that rick when he walked in and he saw them holding hands like rick made this face like you it's it's rick's uh you boys queer face Uh, all right yeah you know like he's not really and at the end of the in the end of the scene he's like nodding his head okay Okay. All right. All right. I, I, I'm getting I've, some signals I've between you guys. It. I can tell. I know what's going. going on here. I know what's going on here. <laughs> uh, so he says you can't you can't sleep together, but he uh, Aaron refuses to allow that to happen, and then Glenn goes over and convinces Rick. Just come on, come on, man. I think they've proved he just saved your life. Yeah. Oh. And like Glenn, he the, it was a pretty good. He like ran out of litany. It's like they're they they just kind of proved themselves. They're both unarmed. One has a broken ankle. <laughs> I don't know how. Sure. I don't know how he got a broken ankle. I still don't understand. He was underneath uh, a roast bucket, and then something furniture. happened. Yep. Oh, the tornado. So the tornado threw like a lawn chair five miles into the atmosphere. There you go. And it just now dropped several miles down the road. It dropped, shattering his ankle. Damn this thing. Yeah, it happens. And from the heavens, a mighty voice was heard. LOL. <laughs> Uh, the next day, they <laughs> drive to Alexandria, and Noah just completely lies about how his injury happened to Aaron. <laughs> yes. And they see the DC monuments in the distance, and then Abraham says, we're going to make it. And the RV immediately breaks down, which is fairly comical. No. Let's I, talk about Noah. N- Noah... <laughs> Is a liar. Sprained his ankle, mm-hmm. jumping down an elevator shaft into a pit of zombie remains. We know this for a fact. It happened on screen. We saw it happen on screen. He just now said that he retconned his injury into something he got during the initial downfall of civilization when his dad and him were in a car wreck. Is he lying? Is 
is he lying or are the writers just completely fucked? The context is Noah's coming in to offer Aaron water and Tylenol, mm-hmm. which is the first kind of real olive branch. Well, I guess Glenn saying, hey, let him sleep with his boyfriend was yeah, the first. Yeah. But this is the second and only real olive branch has been offered by the group at large. Uh, I don't know why Noah would lie about something so minor. Uh, so that's a big yeah. what the fuck. The other what the fuck is, is Aaron really suggesting that he undertake elective surgery for a minor limp? Yes. In the zombie apocalypse? Absolutely he is. That is insane. At best, it's a gross miss. I mean, like, maybe Slab Town was a little extreme, but it's gross use of, of, of resources. Is it possible that I am missing another injury that Noah has that happened before the ankle roll? It, but it's still it's but something he talks that about it like it's a leg. Limp. Yeah. Did the writers forget why None he had the limp? None of this makes sense. None of it. Did the writers forget why he had a limp in the off season and decided to make this thing? About I think it? they did. I think every single one of them forgot. That's pretty bad, man. <laughs> I, I I don't honestly think that. I think he must be lying for some reason. That doesn't really make sense. You're right. In the context of why him offering would. an olive branch yes. to, some, to him. It's it's perplexing. I'm aplexed. <laughs> I'm aplexed as well. Uh, anything else on this one with the DC uh, monuments? I really, I really like Abraham's. Uh, the, the whole scene was funny. Uh, the whole low voltage sign. We can make it. We can yep. make it. Breaking Dad, and then he's like, "We might as well paint it red and put a ladder on it." <laughs> That's my favorite line of the episode. Easily, <laughs> I love the fact that he's got. I got this concept of him like analogizing all of his failures to some. Er failure in the past, like you know, when someone lies to him, it's like might as well throw a mullet and <laughs> yeah. denim jeans on this guy. Yeah, that's what he's gonna say about Aaron if this turns out to be false. <laughs> like someone steals his foods, like might as well call him Rex and throw a dog collar on him. <laughs> like that's his go to. He's always got some previous failure that he can point to. Yep, yep. Uh, all right, let's move on. Yeah, yeah. Michonne tells Rick that he has to let go of his anger. And, oh wait, wait, uh, his distrust. Uh, Glenn passing on the wisdom of Dale, fixing the RV. Did you oh, like yeah. that? Oh, yeah. I liked it a lot. Nice callback. Sure. It makes a lot of sense. I mean, Glenn definitely learned a thing or two about RVs. Yeah. When Jim died, he had to step up. Yeah. He had to step up. You were you were concerned about the voltage and... Uh, got a got an answer. I'm not sure if they're a did? certified RV mechanic, but... Uh, okay. We'll wait for feedback we got a, on that. We got an answer in the feedback. Uh, so, yeah. Michonne talks with Rick, tries to convince him to let go of all the, the shit he's built up. I think she meant to let go of his handgun. <laughs> so he went and, you know... Put it in a blender. Laid yeah. it to rest in a blender. Um, she says, while it might help keep him alive, it can turn on you. And I, I think that's that's true. You know, I mean, I think that kind of turned on Shane. Michonne, we, you know... Michonne went to dark places and then eventually came back. And I think that was a defining yeah. character a point for her character. And I like to see that that has had a big impact on her. Yes, I, I think the one thing they're doing is kind of keeping these experiences of the characters with them. Yeah. I, I think that is one of the strongest points of Walking Dead. Sure. Um, Glenn fixes the RV. Rick goes off to stash a gun just in case. Um, this is where the, the painted red line is. And then they roll up on the gates and they hear children playing. And Rick grabs up Judith and heads toward the gate. Uh, great scene of that tight shot on Rick's yes. eyes as he's you can see the gears turning and him processing Fantastic. what he believes. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and Andrew Lincoln deserves a ton of credit for sure. that scene. He and is the, really, really good. The DP too. Like it's like they that was a lovely shot. 
And uh, a couple things. No child seats in the zombie apocalypse. Nope. Like, Mm -hmm. I understand there's no one to pull you over, Mm -hmm. but... Every third vehicle has got to have a fucking car seat. Half of minivans probably have three. It's a good idea to put your goddamn kid in this car seat. Like, it's not like you never have car wrecks. I've seen, like, seven car wrecks. They had one this episode. Yeah. Like, that (laughs) could just end that baby. You throw him in a car seat. Like, did they not wear seat belts? You would still wear seat belts, right? Oh, yeah. (sighs) Oh, yeah. It's Uh, more important than ever because a small injury could kill you. Do you think Rick puts too much faith in Judith's decision-making abilities? He's always mm-hmm. asking her, like, well, what do you think, honey? Should we go to with Abraham to Washington, D.C.? Should we you make him we can trust these applesauce? people? Like, yeah. <laughs> I feel like, you know, maybe yeah. not take so yeah. much stock in an 18-year-old's opinion. 18-year-old? 18-month-old. Are we talking about Tara now? 18-month-old. <laughs> All right, that's the end of the episode. I, I assume that Rick uh, had a change of heart there at the end i mean he must have he goes he walks up to the gates he strolls up to the gates he's not even trying the route 23 plan anymore so where are you at with rick or with alexandria do you think what would you say if they completely throw us a curveball and alexandria is woodbury 2.0 what what are you talking about throw us a curveball i don't know anything about that no i'm saying i'm i'm gauging because uh, I know what happens in the comics, which means fuck all, honestly, on this show. Oh, okay. I'm saying for you, who is not familiar with the storyline, if you're a viewer, um, and, and they and this turns out to be Woodbury 2.0, are you in pissed? Does it depend on how they handle it? Are you ready to see them have a safety? What? what I mean, what? at this point, it's Woodbury like 4.0. Okay, true. There, there have been a lot of Woodbury s things. True. Uh, and Woodbury was Woodbury one and two point <laughs> Sure, sure. Yeah. So uh, I, I'm, I would not be surprised if they, these two people, were potentially the only people in there, and he was hallucinating the children playing. <laughs> Maybe, hmm. but, potentially. but it would have to be a fillet I do because Michonne heard it as well. I think you're right. Yeah, she puts her hand on his arm and is like, "We're good." Maybe she's just saying that because the cold rolled steel is there, and she's like, "Yeah, that's safety." <laughs> I don't need a gun. I don't know that gate. I don't think I. I don't know if that gate stands up to. That's good. a weak ass gate. Yeah, like, yeah, like it's fine. People are not getting in through that gate, but cars? also that didn't look like steel plating. Look like uh, like uh, corrugated aluminum. Yeah. tin siding to me. It did not look. Maybe uh, that was just the facing on the steel plate. Oh yeah, they have cladding yeah. aluminum. Just, just dress it up. Yeah, they put vinyl siding on it to make it look homey. Sure. They're sure. working on brick. They At this have point, the they just have a lot of spare time. You know, it's we, we can hang corrugated steel on the, the outside. Well, they did a hell of a lot better than in, in however long they've had to fortify this place than they did at the prison in a, yes. a year. So mm-hmm. I'm the survivalist in me is happy to see that. Even um, though they started out with a fucking prison, <laughs> I think it's I think it's kind of interesting. That would be kind of cool if Aaron was the lone survivor, and and, and Eric though. Yeah. Aaron and Eric are lone survivors, and well, yeah, then that doesn't work. The delusion, like they're presiding over a ghost town. Maybe Eric's a delusion as well. <laughs> yeah, uh huh. <laughs> like he walks in there, Rick walks in there. There's nobody there. No, the Aaron's Dead... like kissing the air, talking to the air, and Rick's like nodding at the end. I sure. get it now. The Walking Dead's turned into a ghost story, essentially. At that point, I think so. Yeah, the right. sixth sense. It turns into the episode of Star Trek where Beverly Crusher falls in love with a candle. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. Only the candle is gay. <laughs> All right, that's say it's flaming. No, I, I wouldn't be surprised if this turned out to be Woodbury 4.0. It wouldn't shock me that much. Would it disappoint you? No, because I don't I don't really know what they do in a city that's safe. Like how do these people reintegrate? I guess that's an interesting story in its in its own right. Uh, yeah, you but get... what is there to do for these people in that kind of so environment? So I'm worried if the I'm worried about the safe zone uh, aspect of this is if they go and they start exploring some like basic Star Trek tropes, like ooh, a utopian society. I know they have a harsh and compromising penal system. Sure. Oh, you Justice. you touch the wet paint, you're going to be summarily executed. You mm-hmm. know that kind of stuff. Like I hope they don't go there because I think there's a lot of. Like, what does politics look like in a commune where everyone's armed and a rugged survivalist? Like, And that, it's a life or death situation at all times. All times. Like, yeah. you're not debating, like, affordable health care. You're, ga- you're not debating yeah. uh, whether you should open up a pipeline from Alaska that no one really is ever going to see or hear about. You're talking about how to allocate vital resources for you and your family's survival with a bunch of other assholes that you didn't know until you got thrown in a situation. That, Rick, in the right hands, is insanely interesting to me. I fully expect Rick to go in and start saying, this food is ours, and Daryl to come in and claim (laughs) food. Claimed, claimed, yeah. Yeah. Has anybody claimed this? No, claimed. (laughs) What is claimed? What is he saying? Claimed, claimed. Yeah, he's just claiming everything. Uh yeah I I don't know we'll see we'll see how it goes I unfortunately I know a little bit more about how this is gonna go which we'll talk about in the spoiler section but that's it for the episode before we get to feedback we got to pay some bills uh, a lot of great ways to support us at Bald Move you can find them all at support.baldmove.com but we're pretty excited about this Club Bald Move stuff and you can get there the express route club.baldmove.com mm. first of all you can get it for as low as a dollar a month that's an unheard of value. And the stuff that we get up to, I think, is pretty entertaining. Did you enjoy the skit that we did last week? I did. I thought it was one of the funniest things we ever what, ever did. And we had a video version of that where it's like, I, if you remember the You've old Conan, Conan, yeah. Conan O'Brien, where he'd have an Arnold Schwarzenegger and they cut the lips out and someone else would do the voices. We did uh-huh. that with and Daryl, and I thought it was funny. The funnier thing to me was we did a behind-the-scenes recording of us warming up and just kind of playing with the technology that mm-hmm. cracked me up. <laughs> that stuff we're going to be getting up to on a regular basis, and it's going to be all premium from here forward. But you can see examples of those on our website. We do lunch with Jim and Aaron's on a weekly to semi-weekly basis. That's where me and Jim have lunch in the studio. We actually don't eat lunch because that would be too much lip smack <laughs> yeah, drinking. Yeah, you don't want that. But uh, we turn on the cameras, and we turn on the Q&A app, and people interact with us. We usually have like 15 to 20 minutes of storytelling and yucks, and then we take audience feedback. We talk about television video games, uh, we've decorated Christmas trees, made Carved jack-o'-lanterns, yep. told ghost stories, talked about our childhoods, getting battery acid in eyes. Yeah, Lots it's kind of the gamut stuff. over there. I, I like it. I enjoy that. Uh, those are all, on, and, and, and archives are all on Club Bald Move. Uh, you can live stream all of our podcasts, which means, you know, you could be seeing us uh, record all this stuff right now. Live watches where you can watch your favorite television with us in real time. Mm-hmm. It's hard to explain, but there's an example on the site that you can <laughs> get to. And if all that's not enough, add free podcasts. You don't have to listen to me talk about this shit anymore for a dollar a month. That's, that's pretty compelling. That's that's a hell of a value, just avoiding this whole pimping thing. Can I sign altogether. up for that? 
<laughs> you have to listen to me every week. You're stuck. damn it. Okay. You are. I'm the millstone around your neck, buddy. <laughs> uh, we got, and it's, it's not just that we've got a lot of cool ideas for stuff coming down the pike. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're excited about that. We're going to continue to add more value and we want to keep it at a dollar a month. And to do that, we need, uh, a lot of you guys that think that's a hell of a value. We want to sign up VIP forum access instantly. Um, yeah, just a lot of stuff, a lot of cool stuff coming down. Really been thrilled with the response. We got the club ball move so far. We'd love to keep the good uh, vibes going because again, we think it's a heck of a value. We wanted to make this really listener friendly. Anybody that's even casually interested in any of that content or wants to avoid ads because ads suck. Name me something that you can use all month that you only pay a dollar for. For like, I mean, and the, the amount of value you're getting over the next few weeks like House of Cards is coming to it's y'all. It's obscene, yeah. And you're going to get like eight to ten podcasts a week for the next like four weeks. <laughs> uh, it's insane value. It's something that you're probably going to stop. It's going to be the winter hibernation. You're just going to stock up on all these fats for the long, yeah. lean summer ahead. Um, I think it's a great value, and I'd encourage everyone that's a fan to go to club.baldmove.com. Check it out. And thanks for all the early adopters. Yeah. Um it was a lot of hard work, but I'm already excited by by what we're doing here. All right, feedback, which you can send into watching dead at baldmove.com. Uh, first up is Dante D. Uh, he has a lot of points I'm going to um, consolidate into the fact that the show is uneven, which if you're a fan of this podcast, you already know. Yep. And that a frustrating thing about the show is that you can see all the building bro- blocks for greatness yet they cannot put them together. This is well-worn, bald move, watching dead territory. That's true. I want to get to his actually, um, uh, some some suggestions he thinks could improve it. Because I don't know who to blame, but this season does not seem to be heading towards a standard Walking Dead outcome, or it does seem to be heading towards a standard mm. Walking Dead outcome of just enough to get me to come back, but not enough to get me really excited about next year. With each year that has passed, my bar for what is enough to get me to come back gets a little bit higher, and the quality of what they produce has gotten a little bit lower. I think the highs of series three, however, are the peak of the show. And if only they could get back or go back and time travel and get back to that level, I'd be a happy camper. Do you see the show's trajectory changing? First of all, let me ask you that, Jim. Do you think that this is how the show is always going to be? Or do you think that we could, with a change of setting, the right mix of new characters and the right amount of talent on the other side, that we could, this could, I don't know. What, what would, let me ask you this. Is there any show in television history where you can think of in season five, it took a miraculous step up in quality? I can't think of a single Man. one. Like I hear the final season of shield deep space nine. Ooh, that's a good deep good space comparison. nine. So when, when they went into the war, I mean, deep space nine was, was never just, terrible, but the dominion no, war made that series. It did for me anyway. Kind, yeah. I mean, even Star Trek: The Next Generation, like it best starts both, out really, best of both really worlds bad. Is where it kind of comes into its own, like yeah. you know. So, so like, I'm Lucius Borg, that type shit. There are there are exceptions to that so, to that, but rule. they seem to only be around in the Star Trek universe. <laughs> <laughs> or it could just be that we're massive yes, Trek nerds, that and that's also. what that's what we're aware of. Uh-huh. Um, th- so here's my thing. I we we kind of talked about giving Gimple some grace period yeah. because he was saddled the terrible governor and the terrible prison sequence. Uh-huh. Could it be argued that this is an extended hangover from 
the group and the situation and the point of the the point in they they were in the story, and that it might have taken him maybe he he took longer than we'd hoped, but it's taken him a lot longer to get all the storylines and all the characters where he needs them to be and where he wants them to be to execute in the next phase. Could it be that this is the Deep Space Nine where? the back half of this season, we start seeing that, oh, this is a show that could sustain broad interest indefinitely. That would surprise me. Really? I, I don't think they've shown the regard for the the yeah. attention to the details and the plot that really hooks me as a viewer. Yeah. I mean, I know they hook a lot of people with kind of just the soap opera-y type stuff. Right. Um, and somehow they've, they've really attached people to these characters, which I feel are mostly weak. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just don't think they are on that level hmm. with, with the current staff they have. And now I'm not saying that necessarily about Gimple. I think he's doing a lot of really interesting things. Um, I feel like the tone of the universe is pretty good. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, just constantly shitting on these people, and they're adapting in ways that seem fair, sure, and seem realistic. But it, things like the flipping of the van, and just like the poor execution on them leaving Noah's the church limp. in Terminus, and yeah. Noah's limp, and like I just don't see them paying attention to those things. Yeah, and that scares me. That that gives me no confidence in their ability to really execute on a high level. The other thing is, I don't, I, I. I wish I knew who had the final say on matters because I actually trust Gimple. I think Gimple's inexperienced and he's been thrust into a situation he couldn't possibly have been professionally prepared for. (laughs) Sure, yeah. But you can learn on the job. Like, that's something, like, I'm a big Uh fan of Bill Simmons and he's got the whole, you know, you got to get your reps. And, you know, you can get him one way or another, but you get better at something, you know, uh, or as Adventure Time, Jake says, the first step of being kind of good at something is to suck at something. However, I don't have any confidence about Robert Kirkman, and we've talked a lot about this in the spoiler section of recent about how I don't know what he thinks about this show and what he feels like is a duty to fans or what he does to get his jollies. But I don't have any confidence in that man executing a good television show. And if he has final say over everything and everyone else is just kind of yes-manning him, then I don't know that this can ever get better. Sure, I mean, he's a complete rookie to television. And he seems like the kind of egomaniac that just is always going to be right, and everybody else is going to be wrong, and he's got the most popular comic book and the most popular television show, so what the fuck are you going to tell him? Sure. And, and you know, on some level, he's not wrong. On some level, when 17 million people are tuning in for your premieres, sure, he's not wrong. Yep. But that just doesn't do it for me. Yeah. I expect better. I expect... I mean, I don't expect it from every show. I watch some shitty television. Sure. Uh, but not when you pretend to be something that you are not. Um, we actually have a couple of... Dante was not done. Uh, he says... Uh, another criticism he have is the group lacks definition. Uh, he says, um, what would be interesting to, is to see a group bring out its really strong characters and begin to build some kind of group dynamic. At the moment, I don't, and I think this is a fair criticism, I don't really know what the different roles are. They're basically just a group of non-entities where Rick is sort of the leader and Daryl is sort of their quote-unquote tracker, but even that characterization is growing weaker. This is what I want to see. Rick, reassert himself as the leader, but instead of a dictatorship, show that he has learned from Herschel and can canvas people's opinions, develop consensus, and lead the group both through the decision-making and after it. Being a leader is dictating what to do. 
uh, but is often helping people come to a decision and executing it. The process is important. Daryl, redevelop into one of Rick's right-hand men and not be a moody teenager, show that he can teach Carl and Carol his skills and become the moral compass and develop a better understanding of himself. Not a natural leader, but someone the group can look up to. Daryl's got some shit to deal with, though. Like Certainly. Before he can blossom into the true right-hand man that he needs to be, he's got to deal with it. No, I mean, there's whole fascinating subplots of like what does Daryl and Michonne look like in peacetime? Like, if we can't sure. get a breather in a safe area, what do they do? Daryl's just covered in cigarette burns. <laughs> covered. Uh, speaking of Carol, he says, I want to define her role as the badass and second command behind Rick. She can make the tough decisions, but should by this point be respected enough to lead. Glenn, please go back to being Glenn in Series 1. He was part tactician, part strategist. Yeah. He could help the group plan what to do to execute their decisions. The kind of guy you want when planning your attack in a game of civilization. Having him contribute to the group in any meaningful way would be a start, but he was at his finest as someone who is good with logistics and planning. Mm -hmm. You get these four right in your leading cast, and the rest will fall in this place as supporting members of the team. Uh, at the moment, they are just nondescript, desperate bunches that I'm not uh, any longer emotionally connected with. <laughs> it's like, it's, it's the difference between playing on a public server and playing in a professional gaming match, right? I'm not trying to draw or if you got with Glenn, if, if, if you got a yeah. people are working together, they all have roles, uh, they know what they are, and they're executing. Whereas you got a bunch of dumb fucks just running around trying to shoot people. Sure, it doesn't work nearly as well. Yeah. and these guys should know that by now. Right, you got a team with voice chat versus a team that doesn't. Yeah, uh, but no, I like this. Like you're right, having you know, and having the dictatorship and the carolagarchy and all this stuff. It's like we do need to kind of start seeing some group dynamic cohesion it can't always be a like you know what does everybody think and abraham's gonna do this and then that's the thing i felt like they did get to a point where rick said i can't be the leader i can't just say all this stuff and have it happen mm -hmm. and they kind of the show kind of said we're okay with that right sure like at some point they said we want everybody to lead this group yeah we've got a quorum now and but that that's just how doesn't it works work. i agree I agree, but that's what the show is doing. It's going to be super interesting. I think that's another possible super interesting conflict. Um, leadership clash. Oh, like yeah, Rick yeah. is a fucking leader, and his groups as loyal to him. Mm -hmm. Try to integrate that into a broader society. Yeah, like if Abraham had come in and tried to be the leader of this group, that wouldn't have gone right. That wouldn't have gone over at all. Yeah. Um, Moving on, Heather H. said, I have a 15-month-old baby, and I haven't heard of the brat diet in reference to babies. This is the first of many, many, many people that email me about, about this. <laughs> All right. But it is what doctors recommend when you eat when you have a stomach upset or intestinal virus. It's bananas, rice, applesauce, and toast. The four foods are easiest toast. to digest and least upsetting to your stomach. Toast still gets me, man. <laughs> You're going to feed babies with no teeth toast? And apparently it's the opposite. It's it's um, This is like, uh, this is not to make you poop. This is to settle you down and get you back regulated. So I was, uh, that's why I can't be trusted with babies. Right. Um, she goes also, what the F about feeding a baby crushed up acorns, Rick, and apparently also <laughs> crushed up shells. No wonder she was screaming. How many times have you made her shred her throat with that crap? <laughs> Seriously, go have Daryl dig her up some goddamn worms. At least it'd be soft. Yeah. Totes agree. And someone on Facebook mentioned that uh, you have to cook acorn paste or it tastes bitter as hell because it's got these tannins in it, which... Uh, my independent research, I, again, I remember them tasting like aspirin. So I was I was partially right, partially wrong about that. Yeah. 
Lucy from Des Moines. Uh, WT, the actual F. I'm not a comic reader, but I don't avoid spoilers. So why want to know? Is Abraham supposed to be the quote-unquote one? It looks like he got bathed in zombie blood again this episode. <laughs> he winced at the time, then the camera f- carefully focused on the beautifully healing slice on his other arm from Sasha's tainted blade. Maybe the rain before the zombie NATO had Neosporin in it? Superpowers could explain his ability to surgically beat down Eugene without giving him permanent brain damage. Uh, I... Man, if they ever have a plot where someone gets infected by some tainted blood from a melee weapon or... Mm-hmm. I am going to be livid. Like, yeah. that's... There's Noah forgetting how he sprained his ankle, and then there's this <laughs> shit. Yeah, I... You know what? I think that's going to happen. I, I can't see them not doing that. Yeah. Uh, got some locals calling some bullshit, Jim. Jonathan in from Hampton, Virginia. Oh, the Hamptons. Wow. Come on. Like, I'm going to believe a highfalutin, uh, I don't know, elite like you. Come on. <laughs> Come on. And yes, we do You should have told me you were from, like, Harlan, Kentucky. <laughs> then I'll believe you. You've we, seen some shit. We do know the Hamptons are actually in New York <laughs> and not Virginia, so save the emails. Uh, it goes, a quick Wikipedia shirt shows that the roads mentioned in the show are nowhere near Alexandria. In fact, they're not even close to Richmond. Oh, the shit. The sign for Route 16 appears to be a state sign, but it's uh, Virginia Route 16 is an extreme western Virginia near the Kentucky border, speaking of Harlan. Huh. Virginia Route 23 has been decommissioned for years, but the U.S. Route 23 does enter Virginia, though, it's, again, it's an extreme western part. Still, these roads are an extremely rural part of the state and would take over an hour and a half to get from one route to another. I'm not sure if we're supposed to believe that these routes are accurate and Aaron is scouting for groups this far away from Alexandria. If so, then the scene with Noah trying to find his old group near Richmond doesn't make any sense. The only other explanation seems to be the producers didn't really go for accuracy and hope most viewers wouldn't look that too closely. I think that's it. Uh, I want to go right into Michael Kay, who is another Virginia native. He said, unless they went around Alexandria, there is no way they would see Washington Monument. And you can <laughs> see this on a map. You, they would have to drive past and turn around. Even if they did drive around and see that monument, there is no mountains or country landscape anywhere near there to get the scene that they shot. The entire area in northern Virginia is one huge-ass city after another, especially around Alexandria. That kind of bugs me. Like, I've never had a... I mean, other than Parks and Rec, which mm-hmm. is set in some vague southern county of Indiana, um, and then they never really talked about interstates and stuff like that. I've never lived in an area where the show's set to get annoyed by continuity. Yeah. But it does seem like if you're a writer, the least you could do is call up Google Maps and use... Why not? It costs you nothing. Yeah. It's two lines of dialogue that don't mean shit. So why don't you just find the roads that they would actually connect with so the locals get a little bit of a local boner? It seems really easy to do. Yeah. Then again, I don't know why I don't have a problem with like Route 16 and 23 not being close, but I do have a problem with like named cities. Like if, if, if they're supposed to be heading into Alexandria and they can see D.C. from there. Yeah and that's not factual, then I, I'm kind of annoyed by that, but I don't, I don't really care about the roads. I don't know why that is. Um, I don't know. It seems like that accurate is accurate. Since it didn't seem relevant to the plot, it wouldn't hurt nothing to be accurate. That's kind of my... Yeah. And it would take... 
I mean, it just feels like if you're writing a script, you'd put in brackets, like insert accurate information here. You get an intern to look it up and boom, you're done. Make everybody happy. Yeah. Uh, Michael continues about our, uh, about RVs. I asked a question instant cast about how these battery systems works. He goes, yes, they are equipped with separate batteries. They can provide huh. DC for lighting, water pump, and a small fan. This battery uh, circuit is 100% separated from the vehicle engine. It's charged when the RV is close to a 120-volt outlet and can be plugged in. I'm also assuming it would be charged off the bat, the generator. Uh, he says, also, after the car ran over the small zombie herd, it's plausible that the zombie parts clogged the air intake to the carburetor, causing the car not to restart. I suppose so. It's an old car. Uh, he says, one more rant. Where the hell are all the digital cameras? Aaron can't find one camera and a couple AA batteries that take decent pics to share. <laughs> They're a dime a dozen. Sure would be a hell of a lot easier than trying to develop film like some spy in World War II. On the other yeah. hand, photography is fairly durable, and it's lightweight and cheap, and you don't have to worry about the batteries dying. I don't have a problem sure. with developing film. It's not that hard to do. It's not exactly an art that you can lose. And... Yeah, I mean, it is fairly unbelievable that they don't have batteries in the digital camera or like but, cell phones and a yeah and a charger. But if you're a scout or... in the field, I don't think it's I don't know if it'd be smart to keep a tablet. I mean, you will run out of ba- batteries, and you don't want to run out of batteries the moment you're like tied up with barbed wire and trying to gam- you know. Well, you shouldn't be out life. there playing Angry Birds when you know that this is the thing that's going to prove your point. Oh. you got to leave the thing off until they ask for it. Still, like, how long do you think he goes out on these ranging missions, man? It doesn't matter if the device is turned off. Mm, like, just so. leave it off. I think it's wet. All right. Okay, that's fair. Because, like, photos, that's you can fair. get wet and they're still useful. Yes. All right. Anyway, um, Mark F. said, when the group decides to go... I hate... Don't put me in a position to defend Walking Dead, you son of a bitch. <laughs> Mark F., when the group decides to go with Aaron to the camp, double Aaron, Rick attempts to extract the location from him. Uh, Aaron suggests that they go to north on Route 16, and that he will tell them where to go from there. Of course, Rick zags around this idea in his typical way of trying to be the one step ahead of his enemies and any possible trap they may have waiting for him in the group. So Rick tells Aaron they will be taking Route 23 instead. Aaron pleads with Rick. It's really weird to say my name this much. Yeah. Um, it's very rarely I appear in fiction. <laughs> uh, Aaron pleads with Rick to take Route 16 because we've cleared 16. Is it safer and faster? Okay, how does one clear miles upon miles of highway? Did oh, him we and- talked about this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just wanted to get... Yeah, basically, I guess we did. I just wanted to get the fact that someone had an objection to that. Okay. And also, I forgot we talked about it. <laughs> so there you go. Um, I feel like that that is entirely a traffic jam, not so much as zombies, although I don't find it implausible that you could fairly keep a major thoroughfoot fairly clear zombies. Yeah. Moving on, Ryan T., uh, he totally disagrees with our take. He said, distance was not a slow, nor was it a filler episode. They accomplished major plot development in 43 minutes, and they did something never do. They introduced a new obstacle, and they got there in one episode, even with Rick questioning it and making everyone jump through hoops. Also, while they're getting to the conclusion that they had fleshed out Aaron's uh, character and showcased the development of Michonne, Maggie, and Glenn. Think back to Season 3. Michonne would have just kind of had angry eyebrows, and then the group would stare at each other, waiting for someone to say something. Um, Yeah... I guess I mean, I'm not going to argue too much with it. I think just the redundancy of trying to convince Rick started to, to wear on me a little bit. And I just don't think it worked. It never made me doubt Aaron um, or his motives. And it just started making Rick look like a peeve. And also, I don't know. There's a lot of stuff I'll talk about in the spoiler section where I was a little personally let down, but 
neither here nor there. Uh, you guys spoke about the RV not being behind the car anymore and how it's bullshit. Let's break it down. Glenn wasn't watching the dro- road and drove into a swarm of zombies. He kept driving for over a minute. Oh, oh, come on. He didn't drive for a minute. Yeah. Driving for a minute, he would be more than a mile down the road from them. I don't buy that. Yeah, like I felt like in TV it was time, it was like 15, 20 seconds. Yeah. Right? Through the cracks in the blood, you could see wh- zombies were all over the side of the road and the road itself. The RV, however, would have saw this and stopped. They already established a backup plan. And quickly, look, as we did the flare, we F- talked about fine. that. Where are their headlights? Where uh, are they? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he goes, it's reasonable that in a minute the road would be filled with zombies. It's also reasonable that in a minute the RV would break off and head up to the meetup spot. I don't... How How fast do you think an RV can turn around on that road? Yes, that's the thing. Are they backing down the road? Yeah, like there is not like an off-ramp. No, and it's narrow. This is like a three or four point turn minimum. Easily, easily. I don't know, maybe Daryl did his break out the the taillights trick. Can't have them fuckers Rick following us. He would have forgot the middle one anyway, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> Do RVs equipped with the, uh, the they middle light? They apparently have to be. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, also, the car breaking down isn't unreasonable either. Imagine an old car where you have no mechanic or monthly maintenance done to it. Then sure. you drive it through a shit ton of zombies. It's not crazy to think something could happen to it. I buy that. I agree. Yeah. I don't know if it's crazy that something could happen. It's just that they're getting a little too, like, zombie guts clogging shit. This Fire has happened truck. like four times in the last... There are two times in the last four episodes. I don't know that, you know, but All it's right. like they it, here again is the walking dead. We need this to happen. Let's invent something to happen. And the first thing we invent, let's just run with it rather than let's put our thinking caps on and come up with something that makes good, solid sense. Because, yeah, I agree. An old car could break down. I don't agree. You can you can pull some guts off of the dash or the the grill and all of a sudden it runs again. It didn't. It started back, yeah. They, oh, that's right. They had to continue no, on they, foot. Yeah, they busted out of it, and, and in which case, Aaron busted out of it. And, why not have it like break a tie rod or something, or, or the engine overheat, or, or flip into a ditch like Lori? Ditch like Lori, yeah. <laughs> have catastrophic Lori, or failure. like half the cars on this show. No, no, that would have been way worse. We would have been complaining about that. Yeah, right. Uh, William is said, "What dumbass gave Eugene a pistol outside of Alexander Gates?" Good question. He, you know, he's I, just I saw, gonna... I saw the orange tip on it. It's fine. Two, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the cast size is really showing. I almost pulled a Maggie and forgot that Carol and Tara were still there. It's obvious they gave some courtesy dialogue to some people just to make it all about not Rick mm-hmm. or make it not all about Rick. Uh, three, I bet they have so much PTSD that they cannot adjust easily, which I think would be a fantastic storyline, but will likely get shoved aside. What do you put the odds on that? You think they're not going to touch on? I think they will. Okay. I think they will. Of the the big deal that they made about, you know, this kind of turning on you and them di- mistrusting or distrusting these people, I think they'll go there. Uh fourth point, seriously, Eugene's pistol had better be full of hot sauce to squirt relentlessly. <laughs> I agree. You, you you gave him a gun once and he disabled your only functional vehicle. Yep. He's a lunatic. <laughs> Uh, Pete B. from New Jersey. Call me a romantic or a wishful thinker. You're a romantic and a wishful thinker, Pete. But I have long struggled with the lack of hope that constantly exists in the zombie apocalypse. Going back to season one where the gang was so hopeful that the journey to the CDC would provide some solution really worked on so many levels. And then when we get kicked in the nuts by the fact that there was none, for me, it really was the most bittersweet episode or moment of the series. That moment created a crossroads for us as a viewer that we now choose to carry on in this hopeless world or bail the fuck out and pray for Breaking Bad spinoff. 
Now, well, we got one. Now, now the potential of safety with Alexander looming. I thought the show did a great job of keeping it real with how Rick would react to Double A Ron. Fuck yeah, he's going to kick the shit out of some dude who's been spying on him for days <laughs> or maybe weeks. Anything less than I would call bullshit. The contrasting feelings and emotions between the group and especially Michonne really works for me. You know, I, I guess he's right. I, I, guess, I guess the showing them the photos was, yeah, that, that warrants a punch in the face. We need, and he says, the group needs hope and Rick has forgotten what hope looks like, so he's obviously the last one to get on board. Mm-hmm. Adjusting this potential safe haven is going to be very interesting to watch down the road, to say the least. I totally agree. I think this, this this show does need a shot in the hope arm or shot of hope in the arm. Yeah, we need another CDC scene. And the butt talks. Actually, well, that destroyed our hope. Yeah, I don't Never know mind. if we need that. We need another no. another CDC, another mm-hmm. Fort Benning or whatever. Yeah. Uh, Patrick T. said, huge issues with the believability, plausibility of certain points in this episode. Do tell. <laughs> Uh, the way Eric and Aaron were written, do we really believe that these two uh, feminine guys who apparently deal with quote-unquote roamers by hiding in the bushes until they are gone could drive 60 miles on their own to Rick's group, presumably pre-identified by someone else, through Walker and Marauder-infested country on a precarious mission to persuade the group to join them? Uh, man, watch The Wire. Omar is a badass gay dude. Just because you're gay does not mean you're and not a badass. And he rolls with very effeminate dudes. Like, he has a certain type of guy with luscious lips. That's true. Yeah. And a rocking ass who, <laughs> uh, who who dresses sometimes flamboyantly. And they are both gangsters and they are badass. Yep. Like, uh, I, I think that it's possible to do both. To be a little femmy and to kick zombie ass. Also consider that this route is clear, as they say. Sure. Right? Route 16, good. But good I'm not go. taking anything away from Eric Aaron's ability. I mean, no, he I'm was, not either. I'm he was saying. kicking zombie ass with two arms, literally kicking zombie ass with two arms tied behind his back. Sure. So sure. Uh, I do give you the point that it was clumsy, the exposition given to Eric for how he was injured and subsequently rescued. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I can't decipher the rust, rust bucket mystery. Uh, three, the freaking applesauce sequence. <laughs> Increasingly, I think the AMC has analyzed the enormous fan base and thinks that realism and issues are, uh, and these issues are of little importance to the fans because God damn it, those millions will watch anyway. Yep. Can't argue with that. I think he's right. Preaching to the choir on that one. Frack and T, I got a strong Captain Kirk vibe from Rick in this episode. Whoa, boy. On what level? Uh, Star Trek VI was made just after Cold War ended and about the Federation and Klingons finally... This is strained, but I love it. Uh, Klingons finally making peace after decades of war. Kirk's big struggle and that of the Klingon counterpoint was letting go of hate. Is it better to die in battle or to live long enough that you have to sit for dinner with your sworn enemy? Hmm. What does a warrior do in peacetime and how can he not feel useless? This part of Rick's story is actually very interesting and I want to see more of it. I think the worst part is drinking the blood wine. <laughs> or gah it's served yeah, best live yeah. Oof. it would be an ironic twist if Alexander turned out to be like the Lego movie where everything is awesome and Rick's gang fucked it up with distrust and violent outburst mm, that's what like I'm they saying they go in as a virus and just destroy this community from the inside out yeah they they uh, burn down paradise and put up a parking lot essentially that would be an interesting twist mm. uh, I would kind of like to see that uh, Luis O. I did enjoy Chekhov's flare gun. The way he's used is what makes this show worth watching. I love Michonne taking more of a leadership role in the team. She appears to want what a normal person would want. 
I also liked her pointing out the group is taking chances on people and pointing to herself, Tara and someone else. I thought that was started. It started to sound like the, a really funny post-apocalyptic joke. So a priest, a fist bumping lesbian and a crazy sword wielding <laughs> chick walk into a bar. Yeah. And Rick takes him in and rehabilitate, rehabilitates them all. Uh, <laughs> I also wow. like them employing a deer, the deer method. Do not slam on your brakes. Also good to see someone finally reacting to zombie grabbing their arm and immediately pulling it away. Good job, Glenn. Indeed. Really? Really? I don't know. I'm still I'm still torn on whether or not Glenn should have stopped. What the, do you mean? That tree-lined road, man. Oh. Zero visibility on a tree-lined road. Again, do you think so is it smarter to stop in the herd? I don't know. I don't know. I think it's a fair question to ask. Okay. It's, you could argue both sides. Just asking questions here. Yeah. Here go the what the fucks. How dare they have Daryl, badass motherfucker Dixon, ask Aaron how long they've been following him. You are the <laughs> tracker. Next on Walking Dead, Rosita School's Father Gabriel on the Bible. <laughs> also, applesauce. Fucking applesauce, dude. You are not allergic to it. You can see Rick is crazy. Eat that shit. How in the hell did Glenn get so separated from Rick and Michonne? Fair point. He did like it's this... dark. It's chaotic. Ah, fuck that. I'm oh, so come... tired of this. He's sh- running after Aaron. He can't see behind him. I. Uh, it's fine. I didn't have a problem with that. I'm so tired of this show. Uh, between camera cuts, characters getting a hundred yards from each other. It's right. been it's been a problem since season one, and it's just dumb. It's mm. dumb. Stop doing it. Okay. Uh Nathan or uh, Natalie G from Brooklyn, New York said, Jim and Aaron, if you could start a hobby during the zombie apocalypse, what would it be? Podcasting. (laughs) (laughs) You know, we actually had an idea for a video series of what it would like to be podcasting in the apocalypse. We did. Yeah. And like what the internet would be like. But that's the thing. Like everything is down uh, except for the internet. Somehow like everyone decided we need to keep the internet going. But there's new con there's no content. New content. There's no being content. Made. So like Netflix doesn't update. And when Netflix does update, it's a big event. Yeah, when someone makes a post apocalyptic movie, uh-huh. like everyone's a buzz about it on and Twitter. And all the new movies are about zombies, obviously. Sure. Because sure. they it's are in the before. zeitgeist. Yeah. Uh honestly, I would really dig shooting zombies. I don't know if this makes me sound like a, a mass murderer or a crazy person. But I like shooting guns. I don't think so. I like shooting guns at human-shaped targets. Yeah. And I think a guilt-free way to just, like, video game-style mow down tons of shambling humanoid figures seems extremely satisfying to me. Yeah. I, I don't see anything Like, there's wrong no ethical that. problems. Nope. They're already dead. You're arguably doing them a favor. Sure. Uh, just lock They feel and no load, pain. It's, like, it's, it's not like it's cruel. <laughs> I feel like sitting on the sitting on the city gates and sniping zombies would be as satisfying as smacking golf balls off the back of a cruise ship. Oh yeah, just like you don't have to worry about or the off fairways. An just, just you're just pulling that thing and going for distance. Yeah, or off an aircraft. Yes, very much an aircraft carrier. Yeah, that'd be cool. Um, so that's that's my, what about you? I don't think you're crazy at all. Okay, good. I, I think that's a perfectly normal thing to do. I've never hurt a, a human being. Although I think the governor did both of those things. Hmm. Golf balls and zombies. Mm. So take that for what you well, will. Well, there's a sample size. Maybe that's the, the road down to the dark path. You indulge in some zombie slaying, and then it just gets all blurred in your head. I think so. You get desensitized. And then your daughter gets bit, and it's over. It's the uh, video game argument. You get desensitized. and You do. There you go. What you about turn you? turn into a monster. You stick with podcasting, or you got some, You got a real answer? No, I'm going with podcasting. <sighs> yeah. Right. People need entertainment, man. 
I would, I would, it wouldn't be so much an entertainment show, though. It would be like a, a new show. I feel like it'd be us, it'd be like the simple Jack scene in uh, Tropic, Thunder. Tropic Thunder. You know, we just, that it'd be reenacting in front of like the whole Alexandria. So, so we would like, would we still podcast about the show The Walking Dead? No, we podcast about Rick and his group. Like, look at these assholes coming to us. And, you know, this one guy's burning himself with cigarettes and crying in the corner. This mm-hmm. other girl with the ninja sword hasn't said a word for, like, three weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Carl's off skinning cats. Noah's got a new excuse about his leg. No, yeah, no, Noah <laughs> makes up a new reason for limping every single episode. Uh, everyone yeah. secretly hates Glenn and Maggie. <laughs> so it would <laughs> be no different than, yeah. No, it what wouldn't. What we do right now. It wouldn't. It'd just be us covering the real life characters. Okay. Like, uh, we'd be, uh, the TMZ. We'd put the Z yeah. in the TMZ. Yeah. Snowbound Sully from Boston. And my God, we've only he got is like snowbound. a, we've only got like a foot of snow and it's been a bunch of bullshit. I can only imagine what y'all are putting up with. Uh, he says a sidebar. Why is it every time they're in a car, the characters seem to drive sixty miles per hour like maniacs? We talked about this because mm-hmm. obviously the roads are strewn with wrecks of similar stupid drivers, debris, and zombies and unexpected obstacles. And the one thing these nitwits have is time. <laughs> you would think they would drive twenty-five miles an hour tops everywhere. You've got. You're right. You got sixty miles to go. Get there in an hour, getting, baby. <laughs> getting there in three hours is like miraculous compared to marching on foot. Why would you risk fucking that up? Yeah, you're Abraham. What, <laughs> what do you care? That's the end of the spoilers. Or I'm sorry, that's the end of the email. We have spoilers coming up. We have yep. some lots of stuff to talk about in spoilers. Uh, you can give us feedback again at watching dead at baldmove.com. We got the forums at forums.baldmove.com where we can discuss amongst ourselves. And the, your other fans, you also got Twitter at BaldMove and Facebook.com slash BaldMove. You got anything else to say before we wrap this thing up? Nope. That's it. All right, uh, man. Let's... Thanks, everybody. We'll see you next week right after the show. Till then, I'm Jim. And I'm Aaron. See ya. We're back with the spoiler section. What do you got? Charlie said, I'm putting this up because I want to make sure you guys read this. A while back, I believe Jim brought up the idea of Vinnie Jones playing Negan. And yes, I wanted to point the ball out ball squeezing Negan. <laughs> I want to point out that Mr. Jones has a small recurring role in the latest uh last several episodes of Arrow as a big bad. Huh. I know it is now I th- I now think it's an actual possibility that if he's offered a role he might take it seeing as he's doing TV and Walking Dead is definitely or I'd say in parenth- parenthetically arguably a step up from Arrow. Anyway, just want to hear your thoughts on this. It's definitely a step up from Arrow. From I'd be a lot more excited about this had it not been for Kirkman getting on Hardwick show and being like herder Negan baseball bat. Like yeah. There's no way for that to end well. He either he brings Negan and just fuck you to everybody, or he's doing something different, in which case I can't get excited for Mr. Jones. So... Kenna? Like, Scotty? Kenna get excited? I kinda get excited for J- Mr. Jones, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I, do that. I don't know. I'd be happy to see Vinnie Jones playing that character. I would. I just... I, I The wind is out of my... Negan sales, man. Yeah. Like, it's gonna be annoying if he comes up at this point, because I'll be mad at Kirkman. 
And if he doesn't come That's up, I'll shame. be annoying because I think it'd be interesting take to see a basic cable version of Negan. He can't win with you. No, he could. He could just keep his fucking mouth shut and show some basic <laughs> respect for fans. I don't think that's hard, but, you know, maybe well, so. Well, it's too late for that, so. Chad H. said, now the group is finally in Alexandria. Do you think we could get a Negan camo on the season finale? If they do, I think the actor needs, I don't think the actor needs to be shown, but instead a man can walk into a room. We only see his feet. Then we see him lower the bat, Lucille next to him, <laughs> in season five. It wouldn't be the first time they did something like that since Michonne was seen at the end of season two. But we didn't actually see her face, but the weapon was shown so fans would know who she was. What do you think? Yeah, is that is that any does that work for TV only viewers? I think so. Like see some dude in like big leather boots walk up and then you see like the pay, like everybody's on their knees in front of him and then you see like him put this belt ball down ba- baseball bat yeah. that's wrapped in bob wire and like stained in blood. I I mean it works in the exact same way that Michonne's reveal at the end of season two works. Like, what the fuck? And it does, it puts you, especially since Negan gets built up a bit before you finally meet him. So if they build him up as this kind of mythical warlord that everyone, uh, you know, has to do homage to, and Rick is like super confident about being able to handle him. And then it turns out that Rick is way too overconfident, and this is the end scene. Sure, it worked for me, but on the other hand, okay. again, it's like I keep saying about this Negan stuff. It's like I'm all butthurt about Kirkman. I yeah, that might work. Uh, that's it's I'm certainly a visually appealing seem, shot. You don't seem bothered at all by the Kirkman comments. No, I've kind of written off all of his stuff. Like he can talk all he wants. I'm not really listening anymore. It's just like. I don't know. With this show, I'm kind of on the roller coaster ride. Okay. That, that I guess that's become. fair. Like, I, I don't look too much into, oh, what are we going to see next season? What are we going to see? Because who who knows, and ultimately, who cares? When it comes out, I'll watch it. You know? It's it's more of a ride to me than, yeah, than, than in just a journey. I don't know. Maybe I'm the one that's got the questionable motives, because I really don't care about spoilers. I really don't. I mean, I do this as a courtesy for people that are sensitive to spoilers, but... With rare exception, like unless something's just shitty, um, it's hard to ruin my enjoyment of something by being, you know, spoil like spoil like just knowing something's happening. Like uh, reading a synopsis, a detailed synopsis can take some of the enjoyment out because there's no pleasure in seeing how it all unfolds. But just knowing like Negan's coming and going to beat Glenn's brains out with a baseball bat obviously wouldn't ruin my enjoyment of seeing how that all happens on on. I sound like a maniac. I'm enjoying Glenn's ba- brains being beat <laughs> sure, out or yeah. whatever. No, I, I get what you're saying. I'm definitely not like that, where I won't spoil this. I know some people haven't seen it. You probably should have by now. Sure. But Red Wedding was spoiled for me. And that reduced my enjoyment of it, certainly. I knew it was going to happen, and I was waiting for it. Yeah, that was the big spoiler for me, and I don't know that it ruined it. Like, I had so much of the wire. It didn't. Uh, like, I'm not going to say it completely ruined it, but it took away. It took away any surprise. It took yeah. away. It took away an element of that that would have been there had I not. You're right. Known because about even it. knowing going into it and reading it, I, it was so shocking. I can only imagine. It did rob me of. It, it did rob me of the experience of knowing when something's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Like if. 
you know, if they're doing the ne- the Negan storyline, I kind of know how it's going to go down. I'm going to be kind of checking off the different point progressions. Where if I didn't know, it'd just be like, who is this guy? What's it going to be? And maybe Rick can win. Maybe he can't. I mean, I'm. But then again, hmm. it's like the one thing that this Kirkman remix is I really don't know. Yeah, it's I kinda, really don't that's know. Kind of true. Yeah. Um, and maybe he's really smart in in dealing with spoilers in this way that it's just kind of like, oh, maybe it is, maybe it's not. Who knows? I'm making shit up as I go along. Take that comment. I feel fans. like the better option is not to give any spoilers or, or yes. not to, not to make any Keep comments. Your mouth You're right. Shut. Yeah. But uh, you know, maybe it's innovative. I don't know. Edmund C. People are really wanting us to get on board with Ezekiel and his goddamn tiger. Oh, his fucking t- man. Uh, I, uh, all right. I feel like I now have to defend, make the case. <laughs> I have to defend Ezekiel's character to both of you. Yes, when you first meet him, you're like, what the fuck is wrong with these people? And Rick's group is the same way. Fast-forwarding many issues from his arrival on page, there's a scene with him and Michonne sparring, and she asks him if he's really crazy and believes in all his kingdom bullshit. He tells her that he does not and that he uses it as a way to control his community. I took this in two ways. The first is he's using the same, uh, using it the same way people use religion in desperate times to control a crowd in fear. The second is he's using it the same way you might play a game with your kids to distract him from something frightening. This way of life disappears after Rick shows up and asserts himself as the new Don of all communities, so I was never that bothered by it. Um, yeah, I mean, that's the thing. It's like, I'm not shitting on Ezekiel as a character. I'm just saying that Ezekiel showing up at the Tiger, proclaiming himself the king of all, of, of all he surveys, is a what-the-fuck moment the same way Michonne showing up with two slave zombies and a ninja sword and a black cloak is like Michonne becomes it's, a fantastic character, but she's introduced as a as a I don't know a, a grotesquery. Yes, but in so my big problem with it is tigers are real. Sure, tigers are fucking crazy. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, they're just giant house cats. Well, look at Siegfried and Roy, a massive temper. They've lived with ti- like tigers. Two people lived. They've lived sixty man years with only one incident happening. I get that you can do that. <laughs> it's just such a shocking thing to see. Like mm. it's not like these people are traipsing around in the woods with a hungry tiger. These people are in a very controlled environment, mm-hmm. having just fed this tiger. Mm-hmm. It is docile for the most part. Yeah. But Ezekiel's roaming around the countryside with a fucking beast. No, I get it. That could turn on him at any moment. And I think that's kind of like... Uh, I, and we know that behavior, whereas the walkers with Michonne, it's like, okay, well, maybe you pull their jaws off and their arms, sure, sure. they give up. I don't know, because it doesn't exist. But. I think, see, to me, that tension was always there with his tiger, that I knew that. He might know that, but the the psychological effect of walking around the tiger was it's worth true. the rolling the dice that at any time I might piss this thing off or it might be hungry and decide to take a bite out of me or someone that I care about. Yeah. It was a calculated risk. You, so I didn't really have a right. problem with it. You're right. It's just it's definitely shocking on But on still the it's like so I just view. want everyone to know that I'm not shitting on Ezekiel as a character. I'm just yeah. saying that like if when I think that Michonne at the end of season two I know for a fact there's at least two people I know and I'm friends with that stopped walking, walking, watching Walking Dead because they're like, okay, fuck this shit. Uh-huh. Um, and they wouldn't have lasted from the ter- the, the real Darabont transition anyway because that's like nothing compared to some of the bullshit that happened in season three, season four. Yeah. I'm just saying that I, it wouldn't surprise me if Ezekiel, you know, with his mounted horse knights and his tiger 
there's a similar effect because yes, you do eventually come to realize that maybe some of this stuff makes sense, maybe, uh-huh. but it's still going to slap people in the face like a dirty diaper. Yes. Yes. Certain types of people that are still clinging, like that's going to be sure. a shark jumping moment. Yeah, just watch. I I guarantee. Yeah, uh, no, I I get where you're coming from, and it's gonna be shocking for me to see, but I, I'm sure it will. Like, I'm not gonna give up the show when that happens, and I'll grow into it. You know. Okay, so now he's want to talk about the ep- episode here, Edwin. He says the grease, the way they treated Aaron was almost identical to the comics, but I don't remember Rick being so difficult about getting to Alexandria. I feel like the show is going to have a lot of story to tell here with the arrival of Alexandria. It'll be especially fun to see how everyone fits in and has to follow the rules of civilized community. Rick especially has a hard time doing this. For example, he is made the sheriff because of his background. And when he confronts a man for hitting his wife, uh, Rick thought of justice. uh, Rick's thought of justice is to beat the man half to death. It would also be fun to see how the group looks at Rick for such acts as when this happens in the comics, Michonne intervenes and subdues and arrests Rick. They may feel his behavior could affect the rest of them and ostracize him for it. Hmm. I agree. That's something that's interesting. I do disagree. My memory of the way Rick treated Aaron was a lot more horrific. Like, I thought there was a lot more actual torture and interrogation and then the group and Rick particularly slowly dawns on him that, oh, shit, this is a good dude, and I have been acting like the goddamn governor. Now, I could be wrong. I could have got that in my head canon, like, because it's been a while since I've read that storyline, and I meant hmm. to go back and, and, and get that, and I didn't. Uh, so my, 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 my problem, or my, my fault. But I remembered it going down that way, and I thought that was a really cool moment to have our group be perceived as the bad guy. And it was also an interesting moment because Aaron forgave them. Okay. Understanding what it was all like, even though Rick, I don't think would have. Yeah. So to me, that's why there was a little bit of tone of disappointment and all this is I thought once again, they could have been a lot. There's nothing they couldn't have done on basic television that would have made that storyline even better in my opinion instead of rick just being a recalcitrant asshole mm-hmm. it could have been like oh you know we we're not going to be fooled again and you find out you're actually right and you feel like a giant asshole and you're like yeah. you know i have yeah. screwed up our chance of happiness uh he continues for one final paragraph i was looking through this episode to see if abraham had any scratch marks on his arm but i didn't see any i too was calling bullshit when i oh, thought there actually was yeah he did yeah huge one I was calling bullshit when I thought I saw him get sliced with a bloody zombie knife because it's a storyline in the comics and most definitely it fucking works. It is? The defense I can think of is the majority of the zombie-soaked weapons were really soaked with guts and all kinds of zombie entrails, and most were arrows and bolts that penetrated deep into the body. Yeah, I mean, there's a storyline where the Negan gets the bright idea to, like, use these as poison-tipped arrows and crossbow bolts. Oh, I thought, I thought you meant that Abraham gets sliced in the arm. No. And then turns. No. And it's a fan it's a great idea and it's genuinely shocking because it's it's a non hackneyed way to get the whole, you know, well, we're happy that we've survived this battle and there's some wounded sure and then they start mm. turning into zombies and people aren't prepared for it. Yeah. It was a great moment. And they have just eff- effectively made that where a you I it can't happen without me calling bullshit. They shut off You're a right. cool plot idea. But you know it's no still gonna reason. happen, right? No, you know they're not going to give a fuck, but and they're still going to do gonna it. It's going to be. I'm going to be pissed about it. I know. Instead of thinking it's a cool idea. I know. And for what? What? What did him for her slicing his arm get? She already almost killed Rick 
and Michonne. Michonne, mm-hmm. sh- ah, just goddamn. <laughs> you're you're visibly angry here. I am. You're fed I'm, up. I'm mad at I'm at I'm mad at Kirkman. If you want to come on the podcast and have a verbal brawl? Let's do it. But um, until then, I'll just talk shit about you behind your back. One punch, Olivia D. I'll be out. I'm going to consider this slightly spoilery since I'm talking about stuff from the comic, and I'm going to consider this slightly read in the comics in the spoiler section. So mm-hmm. I want to get your take on this. I remember a lot of fans complained about the show saying in one location like the farm or the prison for too long. And since we are moving into the life among them story arc, I thought it would be a good time to broach this topic. We're introduced into the Alexandria safe zone in issue 69. Hey now. And it's currently still standing in issue thir- 137. I know Holy the- shit. Right. Wow. Um, I know the world will be expanded if they cover all-out war and introduce the kingdom, the hilltop, and the sanctuary. But can the audience deal with this show staying in one place for the foreseeable future? How do you guys feel about this? Here's the problem I had with the farm and the prison. Sure. They spun their wheels. They It was so fucking redundant with the governor coming in and trying to kill them and then backing off and then coming in and trying to kill them. Bullshit. The farm, they spun their wheels over and over again with Lori and, like, I might not even had a problem with them being on the farm that long if it weren't for the fact that Lori just kept flip-flopping and they were just doing a whole bunch of dumb stuff that season. Yeah, and I think the key, Olivia, the, it, the key points in your email I think you can draw hope for from, yeah. uh, it, again, if we could trust Kirkman. Introducing all these new factions. Is, is Alexander Safe Zone, the kingdom, the hilltop, the sanctuary, and yeah. all-out war. Like, those are sure. sets that are fairly cheap to build. You could do, like, uh, Game of Thrones style. They could find some fucking stone quarry in, uh, in Atlanta. <laughs> in Atlanta, build all four of those sets in different corners of it, standing year-round. So it's a one-sunk construction, and it would look awesome and be cool. It'd be simple to film. It's, like, something they could do easy on the budget. And mm-hmm. the stories you can tell in that... With, with with that with those areas with the all out war, I think are in, very interesting. Yeah, that's the thing. I I feel like it has a lot more potential. There's yeah. more stuff going on here than just we're in a new place. So I could I be stuck here for several years? Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, this isn't going to be Gun Farm 2.0. I don't think so. No, it can't be if there's all out war. Right. Um, <laughs> they need to farm guns for all out war. You do. On another mm-hmm. note, Rick I will teach him. On another note, I wasn't so bothered by Kirkman at the Midnight Troll moment. I might be in the minority here, but I want them to skip the all-out war in Negan. I can't see Whoa. him doing him justice, given the clusterfuck that was a TV governor, and I personally can't mm-hmm. envision anyone else playing him but Henry Rollins. <laughs> the dude is made for the role. Yeah. We won't get his great usage of the word fuck, and I'm sick of comic fans going on and on about wait till Negan bashes in Glenn's head. I don't know what's worse, a Song of Ice and Fire fans with the Red Wedding or comic fans with Negan and Lucille. While I liked how Kirkman ended All Out War with keeping Negan alive and these communities rebuilding civilization together, I really didn't care about how he got there. I would love to see Eugene step up his comic role by manufacturing ammunition and helping engineer several things for these communities to survive, for them to really have something to be happy and hopeful about. We've seen the bad guys showing up and attacking the good guy's home. The good guy prevailing in the end. I would rather skip it and bring what seems to be more interesting. The Whisperers. Um, this is the plot I still haven't caught up on. Uh, people wearing fucking walker faces. So creepy and different. That would make for good television. Not some half-assed mm. war where our only major character losses were Glenn and a tiger. Um, I kind of broadly agree that I thought All Out War, partly because it felt like that we got... 30 to 60 seconds of plot in each issue, and it just took forever. 
Hmm. Um, it was a little tedious for me. And also... That's a lot of issues. Yeah. What, did she say like 70 issues of the comic? Sure. We've got ahead of us. That shit's still going? No, they've they've concluded. They've concluded All Out War. That was like a 20, I want to say... How like often a, does The Walking Dead release an issue? Once a once month? Once a month. But during part of the All Out War, they tried to release two a week or two a month. They get it, okay. you know, to get it a little bit quicker, which yeah. I was much appreciated. But, um, yeah, it honestly, I think the war was less interesting than the things that came before and after it. Hmm. So if they want to spend three episodes on an all out war arc, I'm fine. If they want to spend a whole half season. Aye. So, so you think that they kind of fucked up the stuff that you really liked. Now you're saying the all out war is not super interesting. <laughs> How do you think it's going to fare on the show? Uh, there's been lots of stuff in Walking Dead that's not super interesting. Like, I don't think Walking Dead, the comics, are an amazing work of literature. They're a pulpy, fun read that occasionally reaches, hmm. like, the next level. Okay. Um, and I thought that the, the Darabout version was really, really shaping up to be interesting. Yeah. Now, it's it's pulpy... I don't know. It's, I'm not sure why The Walking Dead, the sh- television show, it's like, the, that's the thing. Like, the occasional moments of greatness that the comic book hits, I don't know why you just don't do those all the time and then just execute them faithfully. And sure. if you want to tell new stories, just make new shit up. There's tons of areas where you could invent and tell other stories, but don't fuck up the classics. That's what the spinoff is for. Yeah, but they could do that in the main line. It's like there's know, lots yeah. of like indeterminate amounts of time that pass that if Kirkman wanted to, he could just fill it up with post-apocalyptic stories. Like they could yeah. Slab Town absolutely could exist in the comic book universe. Mm-hmm. If he wants the Gato. I mean, but there's I I'm n- naming terrible examples because they're all terrible. <laughs> so All right, well maybe that doesn't work either. Yeah, but no, I'm I'm excited for I'm excited for this rebuilding a community uh, community. I'm really excited for the post the uh, all out war storyline. Uh, let's move on to the final email. Jeremy R. Uh, enjoyed your points on instant cast about Rick's beard and whether he shaves or not. Before the season debuted, there was a photo that circulated on the internet of Andrew Lincoln's beard in a Ziploc bag. Oh yeah, that's We've right. We've seen these. Yep. At the Walker Stalker Con, this interaction occurred between Norman Reedus, Andrew Lincoln, and Nicotero. Mm-hmm. Reedus said, you know what's crazy is I have his beard in a Ziploc bag in my fridge. That is crazy. True story. Lincoln says, this is for real. He said to me, he just went, we had to do this. And he goes, are we allowed to talk about it? Greg Nicotero said, you can't talk about that. Lincoln says, whatever happens, when I died from the show this season, he says, I want Andy's DNA. And thus he gra- he shaves his beard and he keeps it in the fridge. He goes, there you go. Beardgate 2015 has been solved. <laughs> no, I, I expect when he gets to Alec, Rick's shaving his face will be the moment we know that Rick has accepted he's safe. Okay. When he shaves Moses' beard, that will be a, that... sha- a Shane shaving his locks moment. Yep. I'll accept the in opposite. Reverse, it yeah. won't be him being crazy. It'll be him <laughs> becoming sane. Sure. That's all we got. That's a good rollicking spoiler section, yeah? Yeah, I think so. All right. I think my expectations for the ongoing seasons are properly set. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I doubt we're going to get anything. I mean, too crazy from from honestly, like deviations from the. Comic. I'm re- I got high hopes for the rest of the season. I don't know why, but there's just a ton of strong material that even if they want to go their own way on this stuff, 
you know, the issues of PTSD and what do you do when the war's over and yeah. what do you do when you find paradise? Where are all the ways paradise can go wrong and still be kind of a threat? Um, you know, how do you deal with personal liberties in this universe? You know, and it's interesting that they've kind of been making the walkers less and less of a threat to these people sure. the whole when you time. Get behind cold rolled steel, and now, yeah, it's just it's full blown. Now you're at war with other humans, and like that walker shit barely even matters anymore. Yeah, you get you know you get a little bit of House of Cards and The Walking Dead. You got yeah. different political factions squaring off. I think that stuff is all. It's so much good stuff. Like, how can they consistently fuck it up? It seemed. You know, I guess we'll, we'll find, find out. out. Together. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening. See you next time. Bye bye.